What's going on, Drinking Boys? Brand new podcast coming right at you, but you know what we got to do first. We got to do those things that generate a little revenue for the show. Bring in that um, sweet, sweet cheddar. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the Patreon at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. Did you know? You probably know by now, but did you know? You can support this show for as little as $3 a month, less than the cost of a beer for a little bit more. You can get this audio ad free. You can get the video versions a week early, uncensored when those kind of things happen. And you can just generally help keep this show going. So join the Patreon today at patreon.com slash Slayer and help support the show. Another great way you can support the show is go to the merch store at anwd.net slash merch. Pick yourself up a shirt. Pick yourself up a hat. Pick yourself up some of my ridiculous wares at anwd.net slash merch. It's high quality stuff printed on demand. I'm sure you will be happy with it. And last, but certainly not least, we are brought to you by our friends at Casa Anika. Casa Anika is a wellness brand, and I only say that because, you know, the tubes doesn't particularly like things of uh, adult nature. Yeah, we'll say that. So Casa Anika is the type of wellness that vibrates, lubricates, you know, good time wellness. So go to casa-anika.com. And if you use promo code ANWD at checkout, you can get 15% off all your orders. And any orders over $100 in the continental United States gets free shipping. So go to casa-anika.com today and get yourself some goods. Before we get on with this week's episode, Drinking Buddies, do me a solid. Do both one of the two things that are super easy and cost you nothing. First, go to youtube.com slash now we drink and subscribe. You get to see the awesome video versions. You get to support the show. You get to feed the algorithm and bring more drinking buddies to the party. The other way is a signal boost. Share posts, comment, even if they're hateful, feeds the algorithm nonetheless. Just interact with the content. It will bring this to more people. Appreciate the hell out of you, drinking buddies. Enjoy these uh, digitally inserted ads, and then let's get on with it. My guest this week, returning for Lord knows how many times, is comedian Trevor Kevlo. It's been a couple of years since Trevor's been on. We catch up, talk a lot about love, comedy, where he's at in the world right now. Just his life as a road comic. A lot of, lot of shenanigans. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, Drunken Buddies. What the fuck is going on? Hey, buddy. I'm just enjoying myself a uh, Coca-Cola. See, you're, you're one of the case studies when people are like, do I go drink on the show? I'm like, no, you don't have to fucking drink. Not me. What number is this? Are we even counting anymore? Oh, no, it's five or six. Well, that, that is depending if you want to count the Spearman Rhino, Dames and Games, Top of Sports Bar and Grill episodes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> it was fun, but it was, it was different, you know? 
I was just like, uh, what's going on here? Well, trying to hide my boner the whole time. Oh, well, I'm on the side of the table now. You can you can hide it well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been uh fuck. I'll be six years sober next month. So I think the first time I did your, your show was when I had just gotten sober. Like literally, like within a month or two. So yeah, that's I think this is five or six. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. You're uh, one of the old old school guests. Fucking A. I just want to know who I got to take out to be number one the, as far as most uh, consecutive, or not consecutive, but most appearances on this. Technically, if you want to go by IMDb, yeah. you'd have to take out Andy Cruz because she was my co-host for a while. Oh, that's right. And that doesn't count, though. Yeah, you have, you have 50-odd episodes of her as my co-host. Yeah, yeah, forget it. Like, no one's ever going to. Yeah. I mean, maybe years from now. Yeah, we're both still alive. Right? <laughs> You're like, oh, I have more appearances than Andy Cruz. But Matt's been dead for a couple of years and someone else is hosting the show. Yeah. Just keep trucking. Someone else has to take this over when I die, right? Yeah. How about Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> nah. <sighs> you really think Brandon's going to outlive me? Yeah, no way. Surprise, he's alive. <laughs> he might like, not be. Yeah. He's dead inside. Aren't we all? Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to uh, look at your appearances. I'm going to IMDb to check this. Oh man, yeah. I haven't had, I'm, I haven't done a lot in the past few years. It's been all comedy and all stand up, pretty much. What have you been up to? I have been on the road. I mean, really, since COVID, so almost four years. But the past year, two years, I've been on the road pretty consistently. I, I tell people I haven't had uh, a physical address since I left Austin. Actually, no. I, when I left Austin, I moved back here to run that uh, the pub, and I was at a place for six. Actually, longer than six months. But I was at the club for six months. And I had an address there. Then after that, that'll be... I left Robinson's two years ago, April. How the fuck has that been two years already? Two years, April is when I left. And then I went on the road right when I left. It was April 17th. It was a Sunday. I remember very well. I know. I showed up for it. Then I went to Vegas the following week and did some shows with Brad Ernst in Vegas. Came back to some shows here. And then I technically left for the road that following June. So com- this coming June will be like really two years on the road. But when I was in, excuse me, woo, when I was in Texas, I was doing a lot of road shows too. I wasn't just in Austin. I did stuff in Louisiana. I did stuff all around Austin. I didn't, and I did stuff in Houston. I didn't do anything in Dallas. I wish I would have, but. I mean, it's still there. You can still go. Yeah. Actually, the, the brand is opening up in Dallas, Fort Worth. Really? Corrupted Comedy, Texas is, I, I told my, uh, my guy out there, I call him the chapter head. That's the name I give these guys. Not co-producers, just chapter heads. Or would you a fucking motorcycle club? Exactly. That's kind of what we, we, we don't mirror it after that, but we kind of, I like the name. It sounds sexier than like producer of, you know. <laughs> the one percenters of comedy? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I was just, Austin's great. It's blown the fuck up, like, but it's just too much going on there. And, and he's in Dallas a lot, Dallas, Fort Worth, whatever. So he, uh, our residency starts, I think this week at a place uh, out in Fort Worth called Bar 2909. So we've got a weekly show in Fort Worth out there. We've got a monthly show at Base Camp in Lyle, which used to be the Lodge, which I used to run. And then I'm working on some stuff out here. And I also have Minnesota and Iowa prospects that are very interested in doing something this spring. So yeah, it's, it's working. It's happening. It's just, it's difficult. But that's me. I'm a masochist. I like the pain. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well aware yeah hence why you've been on the show now six times yeah according to imdb this will be number six yeah yeah fuck yeah fucking a 
Yeah, I was in Phoenix for a few months. I was thinking about doing something there. It didn't work out. Um, the scene was interesting. I was, uh, met some cool people. Things didn't work out. So I came back here because this is really my, this is like my home, second home, you know, well, here in Chicago. Is, this place is better than Austin. <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah. Try throat, man. It's going to be, it's going to be happening. Awesome. Yeah. Great podcasting. It's not, it's not COVID. I'm not dying. No, uh, no. I'm just worried about great podcasting. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, it might be it might be AIDS dick. I don't know. That's why I got so thin. People are asking me how I did it, and I was like, AIDS dick, you know, sucking a lot of AIDS dick. Can't get AIDS through oral, man. Unless you have a bunch of cuts in your mouth. I did, yeah. I did it on purpose. Just glass and dick. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you haven't been on in fucking two years, though. In two years? Yeah. Yeah. Was that when I came back from Austin? Oh, yeah. And people thought I was talking shit. Yep. Dude, that was fun, man. There's some people coming at me. I was like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Like, you, people are like, oh, yeah, I heard, I listened to your podcast. I was like, well, thank you. First of all, thanks for listening to my buddy and my podcast that I was on. I'm like, and they were like, uh, I'm like, shut the fuck up, you fucking babies. You're going you know, <laughs> to call me out on something I said on a podcast. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm, I hate to break it to you, Trevor. It's not 2018 anymore. You can't just say things on the show anonymously and expect people not to hear it. Yeah, that's true. I got that shoot. I think I talked about this on a uh, podcast I did a few years ago. It's like 2019. And I said something on a podcast and it got back to somebody. And they fucking, and it was the podcast was almost two hours long. And I, I said something in the podcast for like 15 seconds. And it was like an hour and 45 minutes into the podcast. And I was like, well, at least you listen to the podcast. Right. <laughs> I was like, thank you for listening to me fucking, you know, ramble on. And I got this fucking, I got shit for it. And I was, and I was just like, I do what the fuck I want. I'm like, I don't think you understand how this shit works. I was like, you know, and it wasn't defamation. I wasn't like slandering anyone. It was just like an opinion on something. Well, turns out you actually have to prove damages for defamation or liable to actually matter. I, I didn't use anyone's name. But even if you yeah. did, I found out the hard way because I was going to sue someone who was trying to slander me. Oh. And the lawyer's like, okay, what's the damages that's caused? I'm like, but he's saying this crazy shit. Yeah. What's the damages? Uh, uh, um, nope. Fuck. What he said was, if a tree falls in the wood and woods and no one hears it, did it really defame you? That's true. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, I didn't even use people's names. I was just like, you know, being being very, uh, you know, sly about it. And I was like, I don't fucking care. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> for the audience, it doesn't matter if you name someone's name, if it's not relevant to the person listening to the story, yeah, it didn't take away from their business or anything. Or their life. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm so stupid. I'm saying as an entertainer for the audience, like yeah. if I'm like Bob in fucking Texas, Bob in Texas doesn't fucking matter to the audience yeah. where, where Bob relates to you is what fucking matters. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in storytelling. Like, yeah. sorry for the inside baseball on this is like when people are like, well, Chuck, like, no one gives a fuck who Chuck yeah, is. Yeah, no one cares. Right. Yeah. Tell me what Chuck's relationship is to you and to the story and get the <laughs> fuck on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Fucking PTSD from editing too many podcasts over the years. Yeah, from shitheads. I know it's not intentional. I know it's not like, it's just people not knowing how to be good storytellers. Yeah. It's about being fucking concise. Yeah. Telling the story so your audience comprehends what you're telling. Fucking A, right, man. I don't know if this is good podcasting for anyone who like, really? That's just going to rant about fucking people's bad storytelling? Well, it's like they say, like, you know, it's communication is key. It's not. Comprehension is key. It's like you could sit here all day and talk to someone. If they're not comprehending what you're saying, then there's no fucking point. Right. You know, it's like speaking fucking a different language to someone. 
It's like you're yelling at your dog and it's like, the dog's just sitting there looking at you like, I don't fucking know what you're saying. It's, you know, you get that with people. All the time. All the time. Especially in this industry. Some people aren't going to fucking get it and it shouldn't bother you if they cannot comprehend. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. So what the fuck have you been doing away from the stage? (laughs) In my real life? All right, well, uh, last year when I had five years sober, which was February 28th, so it'll be six years uh, sober February 28th this year, I decided to take a very active approach into my actual recovery in sobriety. Rather than just staying sober, I started doing, I started doing more, not just step work stuff and like AA shit, but actual recovery on why I'm a certain way. A lot of introspective thinking, a lot of reading, like good material, a lot of listening. Yeah, this is legit. Like a lot of like listening to, you know, podcasts and, and people and reading stuff that that I would normally not read, but I, I got very interested in why we are a certain way and why what forces us to do certain things, what makes us a certain way. And I I took all of last year to really fucking understand myself more than anything because that's all I can control. I mean, you waste a lot of money. It's really easy. Immigration, generational trauma. Pretty much, yeah. And my dad was an immigrant, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and even if your dad wasn't like, you know, I'm three or four generations, but it's still like, you know, yeah. in the old country, Midwest, yeah. fucking generational trauma. That's, yeah, pretty much. It's like, why'd you spend all the money to figure that out? Mushrooms helped a lot, too. Oh, you want some? Yeah. No, I'm good. You sure? After, maybe. I'm Colorado sober people. I didn't. And I'm very, very open about it. I'm, I do not hide it from anybody. So I got a little chocolate. Mm, maybe after, not during. Aww. I've done that. I, I was, I was on, I was microdosing on a podcast a few years ago in Austin. We had a, we had a lot of fun too. Oh, you're like, no fun for you, man. Almost three hours. It was, it was tough, but it was fun. We trained. We just fucking train kept going, and all those guys blew up. Those podcasters out there, Gary Faust. He blew up. Well, Faust is a madman. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Gary Faust's content, go look him up. He's a madman. Yeah. We get along great. We did, uh, yeah. It was at a thing called Float Fest. And Sam was, on, Sam was the, the uh, headliner on this thing. And it was out in the woods type of thing. It was like a farm show. It was really interesting. But uh, that, was, that was fun. I had a good time. But yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, I was out here in... I was out here in June for two weeks in the hills. I took a, I call it a, an artist retreat. And I went up in the hills and I, uh, I took this, rented this little place for two weeks and I microdosed every day for 15 days straight, 14 or 15 days straight and completely reconnected with myself. It's going to get weird, but fuck it. Uh, I did a lot of praying, a lot of meditating, a lot of crying, a lot of trauma fucking release. A lot of really, really heavy, in-depth shit. One time, I, uh, a friend of mine gave me some of his mushrooms or like a like a taster, and I tried that, and I was on a fucking, um, I was on a, a wave for about four or five hours, and it was intense as fuck. I got to the point where I was like sobbing, and I felt my dad like touching my shoulder, saying, "It's okay, don't worry, it's okay." And I just was crying, and then I felt my mom there, and I was just like, this like heavy energy, just like comforting me. But like trying to figure out like, what am I supposed to do? Like my whole identity for years was this bar in Chicago or the suburbs called The Lodge. That shut down. Then I moved here and I started the dojo of comedy at Sycamore Tavern. That shut down. It's like, you know, the world shut down almost four years ago. And I was like, what is my purpose? And it's like, okay, I can have multiple purposes. You know, everybody can. We all can. Oh, I'm like, what should I be doing? 
You know, what do I really want to do out of this life? What do I really want out of this life? And that's what I was pretty much aiming for and going after. And it's, you know, it was like, you got to decide that. It's, you know, there's no answer. Oh, no, absolutely. They show up and they're like, well, here you go. This is what you're supposed to do. Well, yeah, that's why so many motherfuckers in the Midwest. (laughs) It's like these, you know, fairies show up. No, you figure that out. That's what that whole process is. Well, that's why so many motherfuckers in the Midwest never leave their comfortable lives. Yeah. Because their parents are those fairies that told them. Yeah. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get a job you're comfortable with. Yeah. That you can survive on. Yep. Meet the meet the partner that you want. Yep. Pay taxes. Pay taxes. Buy a house. Buy a house. Move out to the burbs. Pump out 2.5 children. Yep. Repeat process next generation. Buy, buy, buy this, pay taxes, buy this, pay taxes. Like I, I went through some really, really fucked up shit uh late last year. And uh when after I, I kinda like on the when what, I was what'd you go of, through? Uh, yeah. I was I was with somebody for a while in Phoenix. She's an amazing person, just didn't work out. I mean, she's from Phoenix. How amazing could she she's, be? Well, she's from Chicagoland. Oh, yeah. So she, she's a snowbird. Yeah. Are you are you going after the geriatrics there, Trevor? No, she's she's a little few years younger than me. Amazing, amazing, amazing woman. She's awesome, but it just didn't work. What happened? Uh, we wanted different things in life. She wanted to just be in the desert, or what the fuck? We just we just weren't we we were on the same wavelength, and then we weren't. Is she a comic or no? God, no. I couldn't. I would never do that. I don't. I don't think she liked. Because uh, I mean, I'm pursuing comedy and have been pursuing comedy for years as a profession, not as a hobby to do here and there. And and that a lot of people can't deal with that, especially women that are you know live a different life. I talk about fucked up shit on stage. You've seen it. You know, I've gotten really good. I'll be honest. I got really good. You know? Oh, you're not just talking about your morning shits anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I got, I did so well in Phoenix hosting a show. I got booked out here at the Hollywood Roosevelt. So nice. yeah. So I'm, I'm moving up, but I'm earning it, and I'm I'm working my way up. You know, but it just it just didn't work. You know. Well, at the end we, of the day, we ended things amicably, whatever that word is. I'm glad you did because yeah. it's completely unfair for anyone, no matter what the art form is, whatever the for them to hell, no matter what your profession is, it's un. It's unfair for someone to get involved with someone that are, is already doing the thing and then expecting you to change. Yeah. Like, this is what you signed up for. Yeah. You signed up for a fucking road comic. And yeah. if she wasn't down with that, she shouldn't have signed up in the first place. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people are allowed to change their mind. I changed my mind. It's like, she, it was it was difficult because I was, I was uh, this is the first time in my entire life I've been completely emotionally emotionally available to anyone. Not just a woman, but to everybody. When I sit down and have a conversation with my friends or family or anybody, even s- strangers, I'm very like, there's no like, oh yeah, it's it's like legit. Like we'll get into the John Voight story after, but it's like, it's very like, this is what I think and feel and there's no bullshit. This is, you know, this is who I am. Oh my God, that's how it should be? Yeah. But it's, it's that's just, but it's not. That's the thing. I've 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 traveled this country, you know, relative, you know, good amount for the past, like I said, probably since COVID, so almost four years, and it's not like that. Like you, you don't get people that are completely, you know, uh, okay with themselves and being totally honest with themselves and other people. And that's that's just the way it is. We're communal creatures, and people want to say and do the right thing to be accepted by whatever they view as their fucking group, as their tribe. Yeah. So they don't want to say something that's fucking out of whack. That they may truly believe if it's going to ruffle feathers. Yeah. Unless you're just like, no, 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 I'm confident in who the fuck I am. Yeah. And this is my opinion. Yeah. And people, more people also need to realize that, like, we can have a difference of opinion 
and still be friends. It'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I talk about that with politics, especially older people. I think, I think our generation, the Gen Xers and up can do that. It's the millennial-esque Gen Zers that don't know how to have a conversation because they're, they, they're not used to having a conversation like this. They're used to being on their phones and like, you know, hate messaging and saying shit on, a, you know, Call of Duty or whatever, but not actually sitting down in front of someone and being like, make, there's an uncomfortableness of disagreeing with someone and it's like, I don't know where this is going to go. And it's like, well, it's just a disagreement. We just don't agree on something. And it's like, that's okay. But sometimes those disagreements get led to being punched in the fucking face. This is true, yeah. Which is, I've had that, I've had that issue with, with men my whole life because in my house, there wasn't disagreements with my dad. It was his way or you're going to get fucking rocked. So, and I had to, I had to deal with that. You know, I had to work on that and work through that for, for the past few years. And I, and I came to, you know, I had to come to Jesus spend with myself, which is why I was like very uh, a certain way with a lot of dudes, you know, because I was scared that it turned it would get physical. I also had four older brothers, and they weren't like they weren't like horrible to me at all. But we fought, you know, here and there. We were rough with each other, but we didn't fuck each other up. It was my dad that did that, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, that immigrant trauma. <laughs> trauma. You know what though? I look at it like I was. I did something different. Uh, I was with someone that I, I actually had a, 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 a true love for. You know, my heart was open. I think she's an amazing person. I had my my heart was open to her, told her I loved her, was, you know, was great. It didn't work. And I moved on. And you know what? It brought me back here. And I'm, that's... To my open arms. <laughs> that's the thing. It brought me back to LA, man. It brought oh, me Trevor, back to LA. Let's hug it out. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the best part. It was like, why didn't this work? It's like, because you're not supposed to be there. Well, God, universe, whatever you believe in, I don't, you're probably an atheist. Oh, probably? Yeah, yeah you're an atheist. Like, you've known me how long? You probably? Fucking, you fucking atheist. <laughs> probably? Probably an atheist. Probably. Fuck. I love you guys, but... Oh, no. Yeah, but it's... it's. I'm not only an atheist, I'm a, a bit of an anti-theist at times, yeah. too. But it's like, I, it's a, in my world, the way I see things is that didn't work. Now, nothing worked there. Nothing at all. Like nothing was working, but like a couple things. Hopefully, your genitals connecting worked. Yeah, that was fun. But uh, <laughs> but it brought me it brought me here. Well, I and, and I'm happy, like really happy being back. And I know it's not, you know, it could be forever, but you know, the goal is to, like I said before, kind of split time. That's what I want to do. Serious, serious question though. Yeah. Did you think about giving up being on the road, giving up being a comic for this girl? Yes. Uh, on the road, yes, not being a comic. I'll never do that. Well, yeah, but being a being a local comic in Phoenix is giving up on comedy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I, I had an idea because I, I have ideas that I think would work. Being in Phoenix, I can still do Vegas and LA. Yeah, that's like getting off the road. I know. But that was my idea. I was like, well, at least I can do Vegas and LA and have someone to come home to that's, you know, that I enjoy being around and being with. So, but it didn't work. So what what here. was the decision... Like, what brought on the decision? Like, what made you decide, like, yeah, this isn't worth the sacrifice. Like, this isn't worth oh, me was, giving up my dreams and my ambitions for. I was looking for a commitment. Oh, she wouldn't commit. She just had reservations. I understand that. I mean, I'm not I'm not the most stable person. My life has been very unstable. You're a comedian. Like, exactly. Water's wet, dog. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're unstable. We're, but, I mean, at least I know I know what I want, you know? And, uh, and it was like, it just, I wanted... Something she didn't want, and we talked about it. It was really cool, actually. Like it was like the first time in my life where I was able to sit down with somebody I was seeing and just agree that it's not going to work. And I was like, "Cool, let's be cool," and you know, move on. 
on the hypothetical, if she had been like, I'm totally down, I'm down to commit. Yeah. Where the fuck would that leave, would have left I'd you? I'd probably still be there, but I think eventually I would end up hating it. So uh, I dated this girl when I was like 30. I'm, I'll be 46 in March. I dated this girl when I was 30. Great chick. Amazing chick. I was running bars in, in Chicagoland and uh, working at bars, bartending, managing, and making really good money. And I was enjoying my life. And we, we met and we dated for a year. But I always said, she is the type... It's nothing. It's not a knock at her. It's just what she wanted out of life. She wanted somebody that was like in a stable world, and that's not a stable world because I'm not a stable guy when it comes to certain things. Like my stability now is better than it's ever been. I'm more stable than fucking like a lot of people I know that are like have it together. I'm right here, man. Yeah, I'm right fucking here, right here. But it was like when I was 30, it was like she was she was great. Like she was a great chick, and it's like, and I think. She, that's like looking back, she wanted more and I didn't, but I did. I was like, I love you. I want to be with you, but it just didn't work. It just stopped working. And it happens like, like looking back at things, like it didn't, it just didn't happen. It didn't work. It's okay. I tried. I gave, I gave it a really good shot. Just didn't work. I didn't sabotage anything. I didn't self-sabotage. I didn't lie at all. I didn't steal. I didn't do anything stupid. I just was like, this isn't working. Cool. Well, good on you. It's weird. It was like, I wanted a commitment, but I also, that's something I've been searching for my whole life is stability because I came from an unstable house, an abusive house. We moved a lot as a kid when I was, you know, growing up. Then I moved a shitload as an adult until this day. I mean, I mean you look, don't have an address. You were bragging about it. I don't have an address. Yeah. And so, well, there's a lot of people out there that love it. And a lot of people are like, you're fucked up. Like one of my, my best friends in Chicago, Roberto, He's just like, I don't know how you do it. And I go, I don't either. He, he, he's got a different life. He's a school teacher. He's got a daughter that's like nine. She's amazing. Like he's, he lives a, sta a stable suburban life. He's a you know, single co-parenting, single dad. Great relationship with his ex, baby mama, whatever they're called. But he's just like, how do you do it? I go, I don't know. I just do it. It always works out. It always works out. And if it doesn't, I know how to sidestep. I know how to maneuver. I know how to fucking audible. And then boom, I, I got something else. Like, I audibled like that. Things didn't work. I was like, where am I going to go? I was like, I don't know. I went to Sedona for two days. It was fucking awesome. I went to Sedona for two days after that. <clears throat> it was the day after Christmas. I spent two nights in there. Went hiking, went driving, had coffee all over, was journaling, was writing, was, was, was... I spent four hours walking back and forth like an old Chinaman, like drinking coffee and contemplating my life. Just out in this beautiful part of Sedona. And you know what I did? I slept in my fucking car because I wanted to. Because I love it. I've, I've grown this appreciation for like, I've got a sleeping bag my aunt gave me when I was in New Mexico in October. She's like, You're, it's going to get cold in the mountains, so you know. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's Arizona, New Mexico. She's now it gets cold. I was like, all right. So she got me a sleeping bag, brand new, best fucking investment. And I was like, this thing came in handy like a motherfucker. And I loved it. Because I was like, I was like reconnecting. I was pure. I was like, not worrying about all the bullshit in life. And people, I think there's people out there that are going to see this and are like, this guy's fucking weird, but you know what? I don't fucking care. It's the way I live my life and I enjoy it. Well, who gives a fuck about other people's judgment? Yeah, I'm not it's, a, it's not their lives. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about these people's mediocre fucking lives? Yeah. A lot. Judging your life. Like, I tell people all the time, like, a lot. If you wouldn't take their fucking advice, why the fuck would you take their judgment? I've gotten better at not showing my cards to the world about what I want to do. So I don't. And they're like, why is he doing this? I'm like, I have something. It's not like I'm just doing this for fun. I'm not spending all my time, money, and effort driving in circles around the country. 
I mean, I but it's something I'm doing. Even if there's you a were, there's a, there's even a if you fucking were, it's your life, man. It's my life. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them for being like, oh, you shouldn't like. It's, you know what that is? Projection of jealousy. Oh, 100%. Because I can just fucking break free. I got two more car payments and my fucking thing's paid off. Two more and I'm done. And you parked on the street in LA? That's fucking brave. I mean, that thing's been through some fucking shit. So it's fucking brave. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I just said, fuck it. You know, I was like, you know, I, I don't make dick money. I, when I am somewhere, I decide to get work or find side gigs or do whatever. And I make money and I, to get to survive because I've been, I've been, I've been anchored to a business my whole life. When I was a young adult, I was a uh, IT and telecom recruiter for like five or six years. I was, so I was a desk. I was a desk jockey, Monday through Friday sometimes. That was back in the day too, when it was Monday through Friday, eight to five. And that was it. You went home and you didn't work anymore. That was it. I love the, I miss that. Oh, dude. You I, go home and you're done at work. There's no more work. You just go home and you're done. I, I was more. I was definitely running this changed. And it's fucking bullshit. I have definitely Fuck those people that do that. Well, not even that. Not I meant like the the owners or managers that that. Oh, your salary. Oh, well, that means you're a twenty four seven employee. Go fuck I mean, yourself. There's always been shit employers. I fucking hate but that. I was reminiscing on that recently too. It's just like, oh yeah, back in Chicago, I used to have fucking jobs. Yeah, where I worked the job, I clocked out. It wasn't my turn to give a fuck. Yeah. You go home, you, you do go whatever. Home. You go to the bar, you go to a movie, you go home, you jerk off, you shower, you eat, whatever the fuck it is. You go out with your chick. Like, you go, you just do stuff. Now it's like, oh, well, your salary, well, uh, uh well, I'm not even, I'm, I'm talking about like where we are as creators now. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like, okay. The job never stops. So the job never stops. It's yeah, because like, then we sleep, we're thinking, we're dreaming about shit. Fuck it's like, nuts. oh, I got to make the social media post. Like, and I'm not yep. bitching about my choices. I've accepted this, but I do long on occasion for People don't get it. Cre no. creatives and you're you're like me you're a balance you're a creative and a business guy you're, we have to be we're similar i mean think about all the comics that are just creators and can't even fucking like get themselves out of, out of a, they can't get they can't get out of a bathroom if it's locked some artists are just so fucking like i don't know what to do you're like how do you it's easy to get out of a paper bag you just do this and you're like uh some of them not all i, of them. I envy those people though at times that are just pure artists yeah because yeah. there's days where i 100 still feel like a fucking fraud yeah because I do have a business mindset. And uh, and also those people, like, it's like dumb motherfuckers. Yeah. Dumb motherfuckers have it easy because they don't realize what's fucking wrong. Yeah. When you're fucking reasonably intelligent, you're like, oh, shit, I got to do this and this and that. And the stress fucking gets to you at times. And I'm not bitching about this. Yeah. This is the choice I've made. But it doesn't mean that I don't long for a time where it's like, oh, yeah, I could just not give a fuck. Yeah. Fucking fuck off. Yeah. And it's like, even when I fuck, like, I went on vacation last year and it's like while I was on vacation I edited two fucking projects I did two podcasts which you know is fun but it's work yeah the whole time I'm like oh I gotta promote this I gotta fucking at the point of content creation and being creatives that we are the work never stops yep and I don't want to sound like I'm bitching I'm fucking thankful for it I'm thankful for my drinking buddies I'm thankful for where the fuck the show has gotten to at this point yeah. but man the idea of just being able to fuck off for a week and yeah. not think about shit yeah. is fucking appealing to, at times. To be, to be able to get paid, you know, 80, 90 to 150K to, to just, oh, it's Friday. I'm going to leave at whatever time or punch out or like I'm done for the day and then not be bothered for a whole weekend. You're like, I'm like, that never happened to me. That hasn't happened to me since I left corporate America in 2004. Yeah. That's when I got into the bar nightlife restaurant business. 
And it's since then, it's been everything I've done has been a 24 7 job. That's right. how it feels. At least you're doing it for your fucking self now. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's the difference. Is <coughs> sorry, you just on on keep keep it in. Call this the coughing podcast. Cool. So yeah, Trevor's uh smoking weed the whole time for yeah. the audience. I'm lying. He's just now. But yeah, it's like you know, I'm uh, it's it's I'm finally doing what I want, and and it's like I'm not making dick, man. I'm making you know enough to scrape by, and then I do this and I do this, and I somehow m- manage to have enough money take a loan out, whatever, to get to the next step. But you know what? I don't have to answer to any motherfucker anymore. When I was at Robinson's, that was, I, I sent this tweet out. I go, it's salary, not slavery. Like, this is ridiculous. Don't text me at fucking two in the morning about something fucking stupid. I'm not there. I'm asleep. And I'm, I'm a sober dude now. I'm fucking 46 soon. I'm not up at two in the morning on a goddamn Sunday unless I'm getting up to piss. And that's it. And I was like, I would get phone calls, text messages, text chains, every fucking thing there is. And I'm like, and it's like the, the excuse from the higher ups is like, well, your salary. I'm like, it doesn't mean shit. doesn't mean I'm, I'm fucking uh, anchored to your place forever. But they thought that. And I was that close to saying, you know what? I want to go to hourly. Cut me down to hourly. When I'm not here, I don't want to get a text or an email. You can write it down on a piece of paper. When I show up and clock in, then you can give me the... Oh, no. On the flip side, you should be like, I want to be hourly, and I will bill you an hour every time I receive a text. Every time. You can write it on a piece of paper and leave it there or shove it up your fucking ass. I should have said that. I've definitely had some clients that I've been disgruntled with, and it's just like, this isn't working. And on the as the point where it's not working, it's like... Oh, you're getting invoiced for every bullshit call I get. All the time. Yeah, and I was I was sick of it. It was like not worth it. And the, the pay was shit. So yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the pay was shit, and I got lied to, and I was like, I'm out. This is fucking garbage. That place had the potential to serve a purpose. Yeah, that place had the potential to be a new place to springboard a new show. Yeah, I got to work with my friends. Two of my best friends worked there. We hired some more friends. It was like I met some cool people, and yeah, I was running a one of the bartenders show. thought I was you at one point. Oh, at, at Robinson's? Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah, and it's like my staff were, were awesome, man. I love my staff. You know, it's like they were all pretty fucking cool. But it was just, it's like, I was like, I just don't want to do this. I look at pictures, I was fucking miserable. I looked at my face, I go, that's misery. Eating like shit, wasn't doing anything. I was worn out, I was tired, overworked, underpaid, stressed out for no reason all the time. I'm like, fuck this. And it's the death of creativity. Like, yeah. if you are fucking stressed out and miserable all the time, nothing, nothing. funny nothing funny comes nothing, from that. Nothing, dude. Yeah, nothing. And it's like, I go up on Mondays. My comedy was kind of lacking. I wasn't going up a lot during the week after that Monday show because I was so fucking tired and stressed out. I said, I would told someone to go for six fucking months. I could not go somewhere at night, anywhere, whether it was a show, a movie, uh, anywhere, and not have to constantly think I'm going to get a call, a text, an email, uh, or from somebody at work about something 99% of the time stupid that does not need my attention. Not legit 99. One, two times I got called in on my day off to deal with something and it was like heavy shit. Every other time it was dumb shit. And I was like, I could not go to a movie and just enjoy a two-hour movie. I was like, oh, well. I don't know what, you know, I look at my phone and it's like, I got a million texts. I have to go through it and find out what the problem is. Cause all I want to say was, what's the problem? I don't want to hear everyone's fucking opinion. What's the problem? Who can fix it? Because if you're texting me at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, cause you don't know what to do. Maybe you shouldn't do this job. But guess what? Yeah. You're free of it now. I am. And fuck yeah, baby. Think of how many sad motherfuckers 
are in that job or a similar job 10 years, 15 years. I did. I was. Right. You got out. But I'm not. Yeah. You got I'm off not. the you got off the fucking hamster I wheel. Out. Yeah. You got off the fucking hamster wheel. So that's to be fucking it's celebrated. 25 year prison sentence. I got out. I don't want to go back, but I, I keep getting offers. But Trevor, how many people never get off the fucking hamster wheel? A lot of people. Especially in the Midwest, but out here, I know a lot of friends that just get stuck in it because it's, you know, it's also stability. It's not that they, yeah, to a certain degree, they give up a part of their life to do that. And they're like, well, I have more important things now because they buy a new car, their rent goes up, or they, you know, want to, you know, all this shit. Me, I mean, people have, you know, said, you can say what you want about me, but I'm making, I'm making my life work for me. I have sacrificed and given up so fucking much to do what I do. I don't have a stable home. I have all my life fits into a two-door fucking car. I don't have a fucking address. I usually don't have a bed. I couch, I've, I was writing a thing called Couch Surfing Across America. That was what I started writing a couple of years ago. I was like, that's what it's going to be called. <laughs> You're basically writing Crashing 2.0? Yeah, exactly. Like, but I'm, but I'm, I'm living it too. And like, I'm experiencing... Well, I'm pretty sure Pete Holmes was living it at one point. Oh, oh yeah, of course. But like I'm experiencing these things that like that I that I would never think I could experience. You know, when I was in in Austin, uh, Bobby, God bless that motherfucker, he hooked me up with a comic, uh, Corey Mack, who is you know Corey Mack, right? Oh, okay, he's fucking, he's fire, he's out of his mind. I love that for the audience. Robert Dean, regular guest on the show. Yes, see, Trevor's doing the bad storytelling tropes that I was yes. bitching about earlier. That's me, Robert <laughs> Dean. What who actually you referred me to when I was living when I moved to Austin? Yeah, I hooked you two up, and I honestly feel like you two are better friends than I'm better than either one of I'm friends with either one of you so much. He's just just up. He's just he's just Chicago. Yeah, it's just everything about him, his accent, his look, his build, like how he drinks, everything about him. Like, God damn it, this is great. But he hooked me up with a comic in uh, Louisiana in Nola, New Orleans, Corey Mack, who's awesome, and he put me on uh, his show in Mandeville actually a couple times and paid me well. And I drove there from Austin and did the show and had a great time. And, and it was, it's a cool crowd. It's a, it's a bar show, but they pay you well. You could smoke in the bar, which is, I hate smoking, but it's fucking cool at the same time. There's just something about it. Yes. But the cool thing is I got to go experience Mandeville fucking Louisiana, which is next to Covington, which is where Theo Vaughn's from. So I got to experience this and if I was running a nightclub out here or a bar or restaurant, I would have never experienced that. If I didn't take the sacrifice and take the chances I've taken over the past few years, I would never got to experience that. I would never been able to eat that pizza at that pizza place. That was so good. I can't remember the name of it. I wish I'd give a shout out because that pizza place was money. So whatever pizza place is in Mandeville, the owner goes to Interference Sports Bar. Interference Sports Bar is fucking money. That's where they do comedy once a month. That place is dope. But... That little story right there, I would have never been able to experience that. Never been able to do that. The, to me, the experiences of life, of traveling around this country and doing shit, it's fucking 10 times more cool than, than fucking prop, you know, uh, P&L bullshit. I'm definitely romanticizing it at this point because I was fucking miserable at the end there. I kind of wish I was still on the road full time. Yeah. Because the four years or so I was on the road full time, there were a lot of good memories. There were a lot of fun experiences. Yeah. But... There was also a point where it was just like, oh, it got lonely. Yeah, and it sure did. Is it, it I mean, has it gotten lonely for you? Yeah. It's been tough. It's been tough, tough times. I mean, it's weird when you jerk off in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere. Is it? No, it's great because you're alone. It's nice. You fucking, I get those moonroof, open that up. 
You're trying to pop out of the moonroof? Like beaten off. Like, yeah. Like, on. if I can land it on the roof of the car, I fucking d- popped a good one. <laughs> get my phone up. Ooh. I don't give a shit. Got a nut, got a nut. You know? You're fighting cancer, man. Damn right. You know, got to keep the pipes clean. Right? You can't get prostate cancer. It's fucking ain't right, man. Yeah, I just... Last year was was tough because I was... Uh, I started... <coughs> I was out here. I left here in February. And then I went to St. George, Utah for a month. And I stayed with a friend. A fucking awesome dude. Not in the industry or anything, but uh, I met him out here in LA. Awesome fucking dude, Tom. And I stayed in St. George for like a month. And I had a great time out there. It was fun. Like I did some work on a farm. Like I did, I stayed in an RV. We went camping. I slept in a, this beat up Jeep that we bought. Like did a lot of cool shit. Experienced really cool shit. He's still out there. He's having a great time. I'm like, this isn't for me. I got to go back to Chicago to do stuff. He's like, cool. Like that was it. I went to Austin. Then I, uh, then I went uh, back. I came back to LA. Then I went to Chicago. In May of last year, I had a, I called it, I had emotional relapse. That's what I call these. I've never had a, a relapse with drugs or alcohol, but I have emotional relapses. I ran into uh, an ex of mine who was the last girl I dated. Like, I think it's been 11 years, but it was 10 years at the time or something like that. And um, we, we reconnected and we talked for a long time uh, back and forth. And uh, everything fucking my central nervous system went completely fucking out of whack. Well, that's like, the, bad. Like, I was... I that's, was also, the, that's the problem with love. Yeah. Love is addictive as addictive as cocaine. It yeah. fires the same oh, fucking... Way worse. Yeah. Way better, way worse. I, I, oh, I was going to comment... I was going to say this, like, when you were talking about, you know, your relationship earlier. It's yeah. like, did you fall off the wagon, man? Because, like... I did in that sense. Yeah. Not, not with drugs, but with love. Love and caffeine are socially acceptable drugs. Love is a fucking drug, too. Love makes you do irrational, fucking, amazing, fucking crazy things. It's amazing. Shoot me that. Just fucking line it up. Well, give me that love, baby. Honkers of love. But if that's my problem, but that's if what I have left, I have coffee. I don't really drink caffeine. I have coffee and love, and that's it. You don't drink caffeine, but you drink coffee. Coffee, yeah. Well, I don't usually drink this, but I was, I want, I was feeling a little frisky. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But it's wild because if like, the effects of love came in a powder, it would be illegal as shit. Oh, God, yeah. But it'd be so good. Well, yeah, no. Uh, love's fucking good, but... Makes me it, crazy. It's, just, it's crazy if you look at it, like, from a purely intellectual, like, outside society level that, like, love is definitely necessary to continue to propagate the species and all that shit. Yeah. You just look at love by its fucking self, like, what it causes you to do and, like, how it causes it's you to react. It's mental illness at times. <laughs> It is fucking mental. Like, <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I know, but I love it. Well, obviously, well, I do, but I don't. Yeah, I do. That's all I got left, man. Like, but I'm. I worked through that. I we reconnected. We talked. I thought something was going to happen. I got in over my head. My central nervous system completely fucking went haywire. I was a disaster for months. Uh, well, about a month or two. Oh, there was this. It was also the first Mother's Day without my mom because my mom died a little over a year ago. So I was dealing with that. I was dealing with a lot of different emotions, a lot of stuff being in my hometown. You know, the bar I used to work at and run, I was like right by that. I was staying in a place I used to live. Like all these, like these old emotions were coming back all at the same time. And we had a great time. And it just, it, it, it tricked me, but it also, it taught me how to deal with shit. So if this ever happens again, how to deal with it, how to work through it, what to say to myself, what to do to myself, how to breathe and all this stuff. So when it happened again, you know, months later, because I got through that, I got past that, I made peace with it. You know, I kind of, I, I don't want to call it a dick move, but I like, 
I got rid of my ex like completely like on it's socials, not- but I found out later she was very sick. Well, and it's not a dick move. I, it's not, I didn't know she was sick. Well, even if you knew very sick, but it's like, I, mean, I didn't even, know that. It, okay. So we even if even if even if you knew she was sick, even yeah. if you knew she was sick. Yeah. Did you make a fucking commitment to be her by her bedside like or any shit like that? No. Right. Actually, I said I, I would if she needed help. I was like willing to be there. Right. But at the end of the day, but I, but I wasn't. I wa- I would have done it if she would have been like, I need you. I would have been like, yes. Right. But at the but, end of the day, you're she, not you're not a dick for wanting to protect yourself. Yes. Thank you. Protect that, myself. That that's where I'm getting at. Yeah. You're not the bad guy because you have to protect yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. And and I and I know that. That's the thing. A couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, now I'm like, no, I need to. I would have said the myself. same shit to you. Yeah. I, now today, I'm fucking confident as fucking the decisions I've made with anybody and everything, and not just dating with life. I'm like, I have to do what I have to do to get to the next level, to be the best person I can be, to help other people, to do whatever. And that's that. If you don't like it, that's not my problem. That's your problem. And that's it. It's very like, yeah. you know, and people, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about projection because I've, what I do is when I get upset or get cunty about something, I'm like, why am I being like this? Why am I getting upset? What's really going on? And I start to dig and dig and start thinking. I was like, oh, that's why I'm being cunty because this bothers me because of this. Because she has yeah. Snickers bar. I know. Yes. Oh God, bar. But yeah, <laughs> it's true though. But that's the, that's the thing, you know, like, uh, like hangry is a real thing, you yeah. know? And, and there's all these terms that I'm, I'm uh, friends with a, a life coach, therapist, uh, psychologist. Uh, th- I did her podcast in Austin and she's fucking phenomenal. And that, that woman coached me and taught me so many different things on how to handle life stuff when you get fucking rattled bad, how to deal with it. And I was like literally texting her when I was in Phoenix and she was like coaching me through some really rough shit I was going through emotionally that I couldn't, I couldn't but I got through it. I didn't fuck up. I didn't relapse. I didn't do anything. I got through it. And I was like, fuck. I got through all that on my own. I wasn't, you know, with the help of others, like her and other. But I didn't do anything stupid. I didn't say anything stupid. I sat in the moment. That was the other thing. There were some uncomfortable fucking times where I just sat in the fucking moment right there. And I felt every goddamn fucking thing through my body. And I was like, and I kept saying to myself, stay with it, Trevor. Stay with it. Feel this moment, accept this moment, get through it. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I got through it. And I got through all this fucking tough shit I was dealing with. A lot of shit. And I was like, now I really know how to handle this stuff. So if I ever meet a girl again and something is wacky, I know that that's, there's something sketchy on her end, not my end. Well, it's not even sketchy. Like Central nervous, it picks up. It's your, um, what's it called? Uh uh, what is it? You, you, they say like your gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You pick up on stuff. Like this isn't, the situation is not correct. That's your C- CNS or you just don't, something's off. Well, yeah. And the yeah. problem is as dudes, sometimes we're blinded by our erections and we yes. just go with it anyways. Yeah. Sure. Not too. Yeah, exactly. There's been plenty of times where it's just like, this is dumb. Yeah. But orgasm? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, but... <laughs> yes, but that's like a fucking improv thing. Yes, but I was I I this I had reverted back to pre like heavy drinking Trevor where I like really felt like I was courting and being more responsible and respectable. I just failed on one thing, but that's because of 
the life I've lived, and I didn't have what is considered stability. what is considered responsible and respectable. I, I, I don't what know. The fuck does that even mean? I wasn't a cunt. I wasn't lying. I wasn't being. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't like just Call trying. Me to be, I wasn't Call being me out on my own show. Wasn't being like a fuck boy or whatever. Like oh yeah, no, no. Well, you hit a certain age. It's like if someone's calling you a fuck boy, you're like ah, uh, come on. But like I wasn't. Things I still struggle with sometimes. But like, there's just stuff I was just doing really well. And I was like really proud of myself, but I wasn't doing it to show off for anyone. I was just doing out of like maturity and purity. Like, I just want to just be a good dude. That's it. Because this is who I really am. And it's like, and I put, I put that out there and it's like, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to do what a lot of people do, which is, uh, shell up and be like, oh, all dudes are bad, all chicks are bad, fuck women, fuck dudes. Like these people that are like, ah, oh, and I'm like, I was like, no, that's you're not gonna get anywhere. You gotta find out why and then move on and, and be a good fucking person. Well, and this is one you're of the things gonna I, attract the right people. This is what I talk about all the time is like the lack of nuance on the statement of dudes are shit, women are shit. Like oh, I hate that. Like, no, no, no. no. These that. are all individuals that have a, had varying life experiences. Yeah. You can't just fucking blindly sort people into a fucking a box. I, I hate that shit, man. Like, I see this stuff on, on social media and, like, I've been I've been liking a lot of stuff lately because it's, it helps me. And, uh, but it's like talk, it's, it's always like, when I was talking about dating relationships, it's always like bashing men or women. And I'm like, no, they're the fucking same. Men cheat, women cheat. Men are great, women are great. Women are shit, men are shit. Like, it happens. Like, it, it just, well, it's it, not just one gender. Well, and you know, it's, it's also that, just not know, like being cunty. It's all individuals. Like, yes, yeah. What anecdotal experience flavored how you're going to react to right. something? Like, where in your childhood was fucked up? Like, yes. you were talking about earlier, like, oh, hey, I don't want to be confrontational with dudes because I'm afraid of, that I'm going to get fucking hit over. Yes, because of my dad. Right. I, f- I figured that out on my own. I didn't go to a therapist for that one. Right. But, like, but it makes sense. How much shit from past relationships, from your family dynamics, from other past relationships, color how you react to fucking a lot? A lot of it. So it's not like all men. No, Trevor had these experiences. This yeah. is why Trevor reacts th- this exactly. way. Exactly. That's the problem yeah, with curious. modern modern society. We lack nuance. Yeah. Altogether. We just like it's just it's so easy to like just make a generalized statement. It's like, no, I hate, of, I hate it. Yeah. I I cannot fucking stand it. It's just like, you know, all men cheat. I'm like, no, they don't. All women cheat. No, they don't. Like, I was like, where like like this is this is your bullshit. You're projecting it. It's like what's going on with you? You know, it's an old saying. Once you point the finger, finger, there's three pointing back at you every single time. So it's like what what's really going on? To be fair, men are <sighs> men are much more likely to cheat if there's an opportunity to. Yeah, statistically, I've been cheated on by almost every girl I've ever been with. I've only been with a handful of girls, except the last chick, which we weren't technically a couple, so that doesn't count. But nothing. Right. There wasn't any of that. It just didn't work. On the flip side, statistically, also, I am not an expert. You probably shouldn't listen to me. Just disclaimer. Asterisk. Right. Big asterisk on everything I say on every yeah, podcast. Do the ding. Uh, unless it is about... Like subscribe. Ding. Whiskey, yeah. travel, few other things I actually am an expert in. Yeah. This ain't one of them. Yeah. Women statistically cheat because they feel the relationship's over. Yeah. Like they're, they're just moving on. They're mo- effectively moving on. And it, I mean, it sucks. There should be that, like, let's just end it. But... People can't do that. They don't have the strength or power to do that. Well, and it's strength, power, but also like balls, whatever. Same thing. Also, women have to live in real fear of like, especially depending on their background, their experiences, the threat of violence. Yeah, of it's true. Being, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
being confrontational with the dude and being like, oh, is this dude going to tune me up when I say it's over? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like, and that's fucked. Because it's, it, it's like, you may have never been even raised your fucking voice to a partner, but two dudes back tuned her up. Yeah. And she still has it in the back of her head. That, that could happen. That that's that could trauma, happen. Yeah. And I carry that trauma too. Yeah. I carry that shit with me. I, I've worked through a shitload of it. I worked through a shitload of it, but it's still there. It's like, okay, this, like, um, my, uh, my, my friend, Kristen, the, the Kristen transformations, uh, she, we were talking about the silent treatment and she's like, were, were you a neuro, uh, did you get the silent treatment in your family? I go, oh yeah. My dad used to give me the silent treatment. My dad would kick the living shit out of me for nothing. I wasn't doing anything. I was like eight and he'd fuck me up and then he'd ignore me for days because he had guilt but he would ignore me. So I'm a child that has no idea what happened. I just know my dad kicked my ass. I don't know why. And then he'd ignore me. So now when people ignore me, when it's like I, I get confused and I kind of like uh, regress, or I think it's regress, and I just, I, I get, my brain gets confused. When people give me mixed signals, women in relationships or anything really, but that because there's that love factor, I get very confused when you're telling me this and this and doing this and this. And it's like, I... I now I can kind of navigate myself through that way better with the help of this person and some other people. But a couple of years ago, I'd be like, what? Like, uh, what's, I'd, I'd literally be like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I felt like a little kid. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, you said you wanted to be with me, but you have a boyfriend. I'm confused. This was this chick a few years ago out, out here. And I'm like, I was like, wait, you have a boyfriend? She goes, yeah, you knew that. I go, no, I didn't. If I knew you had a boyfriend, I wouldn't be with here. I wouldn't be with you. And she's like, well, you knew, you know that. I go, no, I didn't. I was literally, I wasn't drinking. This is when I was sober. And I'm at the bar and I just go, check, please. And I pay for my Sprite and I fucking walked out. And she's like, she's like, gave me shit. And I was like, you can't give me shit. I didn't cheat. I'm not lying. Like, I, I thought you were, there was something here. There's like, nope. But like, that's confusing to me. Like, I didn't know what to do. So fight or flight, I took off. I was like, check, please. And I walked out and then she chased me down and we did this weird like conversation in the street, but like something out of a movie, but like I get, conf I get, I realize with, with things in my life, that, you know, last year, like the mixed signals and it confuses me and I don't know what to say or do. Now I'm like, I need to, I'm just going to say or do what I feel is going to work for me. And if that doesn't work for the situation, so be it. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Unless there's, there's an actual conversation where two adults are completely vulnerable and open with each other and honest where it can, the discussion can be. And it's not just dating, it's life in general. Oh, yeah. With bars and restaurants and comedy and everything in the world and business. Just let's, here's our, you know, don't show your hand, but at the same time, what do you want? What do I want? Okay, let's see if we can figure this out. Well, that's the weird part about relationships that people put them on this pedestal. And like, as I get older. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. Well, it's because of the brain chemistry and the yes. fucking the, the stupid yeah. drug chemicals. Yeah. But as older as I get, it's like, I don't care if it's friendship or romantic family. You should be treating all relationships the same way. Like yeah. if you are not getting what you want out of a relationship, fucking walk away from it. Yeah. Like when people are like, oh, you're in the friend zone. Like the friend zone doesn't exist. If you don't get what you need out of this relationship, if you want to be romantically involved with this person yeah. and they don't want to be romantically involved with you, and you're not happy in the relationship, walk the fuck yeah. away. Yeah, that's it. You know, I, I watch Heat at least once a week. Bobby De Niro and Al Pacino. Do not be attached to anything 
uh, that you cannot walk away from in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat coming around the corner. I love that quote. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. And that's what that whole movie is about is being able to just drop it. You know, the, the scene where uh, there's a stakeout with Al Pacino and the guys in the, in the, um, in the van and, and Val one of them Kilmer. Kicks, yeah. yeah, the guy like sits back and he makes a noise and Val Kilmer's trying to, you know, drill in and De Niro's like, we walk. He's like, what? He goes, we walk. And it's like, that's it, walk. I mean, you don't do that with every, you don't, I don't, you shouldn't treat people like that, I think. No, no, you shouldn't treat people like that, but also it goes back to protecting yourself. Yes. You spend time with a woman and it's just like, oh, hey, I have romantic feelings for you. You obviously don't have romantic feelings for me. That's okay. That's, but as long as I'm actually honest with myself and okay, like, I'm cool with just being this person's friend. Yeah. That's fine. But if I become resentful, or some bullshit like that because she's not into me. That's you. I that's my problem. That's and I need exactly. to walk the that's fuck on, away. Exactly. That's on that person. I just had this conversation with my buddy Eric last night. We hung out. It's one of my homeboys out here. He he was he was talking about hitting on girls that he that he, you know, is around. And a lot of them say, I just want to be friends. And I said, and I told him, I gave him this piece of advice. And it wasn't like some sort of like macho guy thing, but it's like it's to protect himself. I said, I go, the next time you a girl says that she just wants to be friends because she's not interested, say, okay, but my friend circle is different. My friends I hang out with, I talk, we go out for burritos, we go out to drink, we go out for drinks, we go out for lunch, we we hang. And my my friend circle's tight. So we can be cool and civil when we see each other, but saying you want to be friends, that's bullshit. And that's that's not a gender thing. I mean, for me, it's I'm only looking at, at women because that's who I date. No, I fuck. I don't fuck dudes or trainees. But <laughs> but when they say I want to be friends, I'm like, what is trainees that? Trainees isn't PC in 2024, Trevor. Uh, oh well. <laughs> I I'm not dissing them. I love their do your thing, you know, let your freak flag fly. No, at the end of the day, like if <laughs> do whatever you want in this world as long as you're not hurting other people. But I I digress in your point. Yeah. But it, but I was like, I was telling him, I go, you I and he he was like, that's a really good point. I go, yeah, and it should be, but it shouldn't. Don't say that to like alienate a girl. Say that because you mean it. If you, if your friends, your friends, your homies is like this group, your tribe or whatever, stick to it. If she wants to be a real friend, she'll like go hiking with you or go get a burrito or go get a drink or go see a band or something or a comedy show. Like that's what a friend will do. Because I was telling him, I, this is, I don't know who's going to see this, but I don't fucking care. There is not one single woman in this entire town of Los Angeles, that I consider an actual friend. Real friend. We're friends. We hang out. I'm going to go to your birthday, hopefully work it. Um, I was with my buddy Eric. I was with Joe today that used to run uh, Sycamore with me. He runs the old Ronnie's, which is Linden now, that Michael B. Johnson owns. Oh, Michael B. Johnson owns Michael that? Michael B. Johnson is one of the owners or investors. Okay. Joe and I went out. Vinny and I went out. These are all men that I hung out with. Not one, and it's it's not a diss on women. I'm not sitting here woman hating. I'm not like that. I've completely evolved out of that. But I sat there and I go, there's a lot of women in this town that I'm cool with, but not one of them has made any effort ever to like come to my show, to say hi, to kick it, to go out for coffee. And I'm not trying to get in their fucking pants. And maybe that's what it is. I'm not trying to get in their pants. I'm just trying to be cool. But the thing is, I guarantee if next year, five, you know, 300,000 followers on Instagram, I'm blue check mark and I'm touring, I guarantee when I come into town, half those women are going to be my friend or like show up or something. Cause that's just how this town is. Well, have the fucking memory and, and cool. Be, and cool. And cool. Just, 
Yeah. Buy a ticket. No yeah. free shit. You know, buy a ticket, girl. But it was just an interesting observation I made. And there's a lot of women in this town that I'm cool with, like I said. But actual, what I consider a friendship, friendship is not just texting, but like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not here for a long time. I, maybe I am. Maybe something happens tomorrow. Maybe something pops and I'm, but it's the people that make the effort. It goes both ways. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, and I have a different experience than you. I definitely have women that are my friends. Yeah. And you're, you're also here, here. Right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. So you've, you've, you've developed a really good foundation of, of friendships and cool people you hang out with and all right. that. Like I have someone that are 100%. Yeah. My friends. And like, you know, I, we talk about like the various people we're fucking and all that shit. And, like yeah. it's bullshit. If someone's gonna be like, Oh, I just want to be friends. Like we have to be friends first for you to just want to be friends. Yes, exactly. We have to be actual friends for you. Want to be friends. Right. Like, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's such a weird like right, like thing, it, like it, step. It, like we have to be step one to get to step two. We can't be at step two. We have to go from one to two. Right. Like, like yeah, it's and that's the thing. Like I under and I also understand like it, once again based on trauma, where people may have hesitation on wanting to be romantically involved with people that they are friends with. Yeah. Oh, hey, most of us, almost everyone in this fucking town has a shit track record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not fucking crushing it when it comes to dating. I'm terrible. I put a tweet out the other day. I said, uh, "Under no circumstances, please do not ever ask me for relationship advice because I'm. I've only been in a handful of my entire entire life. I've that, never been married. No kids. I've had maybe five. Not even five. The last girl I was with, we weren't even technically like a relationship. But it's like I've had like since high school. I don't even know if that counts." four or five girlfriends and one girl was fucking married. I was 25. She was 40. She's fucking hot. Fucking hot. Gorgeous body. Everything was just, but married. I can't consider that a girlfriend. She had a husband and she's still married to the dude. Long time ago, but. She's like 60 now. It's yeah. okay. I, and then there was a girl I, I was No, like, legitimately, she's 60 now. Yeah, but she's probably a hot 60. <laughs> but like, <laughs> there was a girl back in the day I was like, in a, in a, I think they call them situationship. Yeah, no. that's, a, that's the that modern parlance of our time. Yeah, I hate this shit. I, I won't do that. Like, to me, it's like casual dating that it has the intention of leading to something real. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm at the age where I don't want anything like just casual unless there's a potential to lead somewhere. Or if, see, that's bullshit. Man. Or if, no, or bullshit. if she, or if we both agree that this is just going to be a thing, if we agree to that up front, but then things change. They see now I'm kind of talking out of my ass. See, that's bullshit. Like, don't I can do that. No, no, no. We, no, go, like, we both got to have the conversation. Well, obviously you got to have to, you got to uh, have the conversation. But also, yeah. it's bullshit if you're like, I don't do th no. Why the fuck would you put up a wall and block yourself off from something that could be a good time? Protect myself. Are you that worried about it? Yeah. Or do you get that emotionally attached that quickly? Yeah. I did. Twice. You did last year. You did. I don't want to ever again. I want to develop. A relationship, yeah, but an emotional attachment. I don't want to just like kind of just. Boop. There's this old saying too: the harder you fall, the harder you fall. The harder well, you fall no, no, for love, sure. The harder you fall out of love. No, no. I don't know how much I agree with that. I 100 I agree with it. I mean, yeah. I have my own fucking issues, and I'm a horrible honeymooner. I am. Yeah, so, I'm a love bomber. That I don't love bomb. I get, I get love bomb and I love bomb. I do that. It feels good. It, it does. I, it I does. Snort that shit, man. Ah, relapse on love. <laughs> I am. A giant hypocrite on this shit, but it's also yeah, like me too. 
one of those things like you shouldn't just put up there should be no hard and fast rules when it comes to uh, this shit. Yes. It all should be like fucking jazz. You should be fucking playing it by ear. I just want to put this on camera. These braces. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. What's up, girls? It, it should be like fucking jazz. It should be all improvised. I, and it'd be playing it by fucking ear. I agree with you. I agree with you. I I, re, I retract what I said. I feel like I'm in a I'm being fucking in a, 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 a courtroom. I retract what I said. Your Honor. I just yeah, because I've I've given so much in the past for this is going back to like high school to a girl that had no interest in me because I was fucking lunat. I was a Looney Tune. Yeah, but as I was seeking the love of someone that didn't love me because of my mother and father when I was being a, a very young child. My mother didn't give me the proper love. And my dad sure didn't give me the proper love. So I'm chasing people that I don't think love me my whole life. And I finally came to the, the point of where I'm like, I'll give them what I can. And if they don't like it or don't want it, it's too much or too little, then that's all I can do. Or we can work on it. That's the other thing. You can work on it. But you're right, dude. But, there but, shouldn't be a rule. It should be jazz. This isn't, a, you know, a, uh, like in, in music, where it's like a four-second beat. This, yeah, it's right. not a 4-4. Four, four. You're right. I, I'm going to completely agree with you. It should just be whatever. Because every situation is totally different and totally the same. I, I agree with you, dude. My two, my two most... I my statement about that. Thank you. And that, that's the sign of emotional intelligence, being yes. able to... I retract like, my previous <laughs> statement. <laughs> I mean, my two, my two most successful relationships were completely unplanned. Like, yeah, one of them completely, well, actually both of them completely just start off as a sex thing. Yo, same. It was literally like the first one was just like, oh, we're banging. And I, I'm such an asshole. Like I, I even said to her like the second or third time we hooked up, like, don't fall in love with me. Yeah. And lo and behold, that didn't fucking hold up. Yeah. The other one, like the other one was like, I had already made plans. Like I had. Booked my ticket to move to the West Coast. Yeah. And her and I met and started hooking up on the pretense that I was leaving town in two months. And like on and off for years after I was gone, it's just like, <laughs> you know, her sending me nudes and just like, you know, when I'd roll back through town, things it's just like the timing was shit. Yeah. There are no hard and fast rules to this shit. You yeah. just got to fucking yeah. play no, it by there, ear. There are... There, you're right. There aren't any rules, but like, here's a good one. Uh, when I was here in June for those two weeks, I I'm, uh, met up with this chick that I had uh, matched with on Bumble a couple of years ago, and we became. She won't see this. I, I don't think. I don't. I think. Oh, blocked her. That's why. If she does, <laughs> if she does, oh well. Oh well. Uh, fuck it. You know, I blocked her. So she can't get a hold of me. Unless I mean, at talks. the end of the day, she fucked a comedian. She should understand it's going to be talked about in public or multiple. So yeah. Uh, she didn't say, but I don't give a shit. I was like, no, I go, we're not together at all. You could fuck who you want. Well, at, at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't give a shit, man. At the end of the day, sex is an Everest. You're not playing the fucking flag. It's not unique. Yeah. Someone is there before you, hopefully. Yeah. And someone is probably going to be there after you. Yeah. Why the fuck does it matter? I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Like we, we, uh, we were friends on, on Instagram and then we hooked up one night. And it was all right. Like, I I wasn't at my best. Let's put it that way. You popped quick? No, I just wasn't at my best. I was, I was my brain, my, I was in a bad place mentally. Um, but I was trying to get out. I was trying to uh, get to that process a lot faster rather than taking Just trying to fuck your demons out? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it didn't work well. It backfired on I mean, me. We've all tried it. We've all yeah, fucking tried it. And then it was, she's not a bad person. It just, it's not what I wanted. And, you know, and then, and then it, 
got really, to me, it got very, I call it weird, you know, and not. Did, did she want more? Uh, yeah, but I was going on the road. I literally left the next day for the road. And I, you know, and she just got really weird. She was like following my family on social media. Like she doesn't know my family. She was following a lot of my friends. I don't like that shit. Well, like, that's a little, that's a little out of pocket. Up, uh, we we woke up one time, you're following my brother who lives in Indiana that you don't know. Why? Trevor, Trevor, I gotta say. That's fucking weird, man. It's a little weird. Like, but off. also, be happy you didn't leave the good pipe. You would have never been rid of her. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I would have went down on her, different story. It, if you I, would. I, I could fuck pretty well, but I love, I love eating pussy so much, man. I miss it. I'm just saying. God damn it. If you put a, a mediocre Please, performance. I miss it. If you put out a mediocre performance and that's the results you got, yes. imagine imagine you brought the A game. Oh, God. If you brought the A game, holy shit. Fuck, man. Yeah, I'd be like, she'd be knocking on the door right now. Like, I, I know you're here, motherfucker. You're staying with me? No, I'm not. But yeah, it, but she just, it got just so like, what the fuck? Like, yo, like back off. Just a lot of shit happened well, for a it, long time. And I was, and, you know, I was getting hit up and I was like, I got to the point where I had to tell people to block her. It got really out of hand. Well, at the end of the day, she apparently built up something about you two in her head. One that hang, and she was drunk and stoned. Hey, she apparently had a good time. Well, not that drunk. Like, apparently she's still she, hairing as fuck. But. Right, she's still consented. Oh, I, I'm yeah. hoping. Oh, yeah, and the next day she consented. <laughs> at the end of the day, that is what makes it the hardest for people to understand, like comprehend with, is like when they've built shit up in their head, and then when expectations don't meet reality, oh, that's the hardest to fucking that, deal with. That's that's where the fucking that's so, where the fire showed up. Right. And like for all you know, she had built up in her fucking head that this is gonna be my boyfriend. I am about this dude. And like you putting it in her was the culmination of the beginning of your relationship. Yeah. And then you're like kind of like what I did. I'm shipping out in tomorrow. A different way. Well, not really, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's very it's very possible that's what happened. Like right. I would like we had a really good great conversation that night and in, into the morning. Like we, I was very honest with her and we talked a lot about, about a lot of stuff and I was very, very fucking straight with her. And I was like totally open and there's no bullshit. And she was, she's got turned on by it. She loved it. And I was like, this is who I am. But then I hit her up. <laughs> I hit her up a couple weeks ago and she, you unblocked her to hit her up. No, I, uh, I, I, she was still on one of my social media accounts. That I didn't know. I thought I blocked her from everything. And I actually texted her to see if it would go through because I thought she blocked me. And, she, and then she sent me like a shit text back. And I was like, and I just said, fair, you're right. Like, what did you say? What was your opening line? Like, oh, I, I said, I'm going to use this too with other people, other girls. I said, uh, you still owe me, you still owe me a ride in your Jeep. Because <laughs> she kept saying how she wanted to take me around in her Jeep. She's got this nice Jeep. And I was like, cool. Like, let's do it when I get back. So I sent that, and then she sent like, "Who the fuck is this? What are you, some zombie?" And then started like, like hate texting me. She's like, "Oh, another zombie." Or she kept calling me a zombie from uh from Bumble. When you use some Bumble bomb, and I was like, I was like, "It's Trevor. You know who this is?" And she's like, "Oh, now you show up." That was just like, I mean, and I, and I think I was like, I literally was like, "Fair, you're right." No, I love I you, man. The power. I'm like, you're right. I love you, man. It's a total douchebag thing. Uh, but at the same time, no, no, I was like, you're horny. I, no, I wanted to go for riding. Or I really liked your Jeep. Bullshit. Bullshit. You were horny. I didn't want to have sex with her. I just want to What do you want to do? Cuddle? No, I want to go for riding your Jeep. You're full of shit. I just want to ride in your Jeep. What's wrong with that? You're full of shit. I have a friend out here that I've never done anything with. A chick. Well, she's not really a friend because she's a chick. 
she's got a new Jeep. And I'm like, you owe me a ride in your Jeep sometime. Yeah, yeah. That's a different situation. You haven't been inside that girl. Uh, I wish. No, I'm kidding. But you haven't been inside that girl. And then blocked her. It'd be one thing if you're like, you left it amicably. You blocked her. I had to. She's saying some weird shit. Right. And you don't think it's up. weird shit. You don't think it's weird shit for you to come back around and be like, I want to ride in your Jeep. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> you don't think that's weird shit? You, Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> At least be honest. Be like, I wanted to fuck again. I was horny. I was lonely. I wanted to fuck again. I thought this would be easy. Uh, At least admit so that. <laughs> At least admit that. <laughs> ride in my Jeep. You're full of shit. I'm ride that I Jeep, thought, bitch. I thought we were being honest here, Trevor. Ride that Jeep, bitch. Uh, You're like, I would like Roadhead in that Jeep, please. Yeah, fuck yeah. You're full mean, of shit. Like mean dick. You're full of shit if you're like, oh, this is completely platonic. I'm having so much fun watching you lose it because I'm fucking fucking with you so much. This is great. You're, you're lying. You're telling the truth. I'm like, I know. It's the fun part. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> of course, I was trying to fuck, dude. Yeah. That's what all it was going to be. Like, let it be that. Well, then why didn't you open a, hey, I would like to be inside you again. That wouldn't work either. That Well, none of it was going to work. Nothing was going to work. Nothing was going to work short of. Shot my shot. Poorly. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck it. You you shot your shot like it was dribbling shot. out of the end of your cock. shit. I was like, I shot my shot and, and I moved on. Like, well, yeah. Not even anything. I just moved on. I was just like, all right. And maybe I just need to not do this. Because one of my boys was like, you just need to not, I, not try and date any woman at all or anything. No. And fuck, other friends fuck like, that. just go fuck. And I'm like, ah. I mean, both of those are just I wrong. I don't like that, man. Both of those are wrong. Over, I mean, if a girl was like, oh, you're hot, let's... I mean, both of those are wrong. I'm like, it's one of those things, as I said, it's jazz. Play it by fucking ear. Yeah. But to fucking try to DM slide on that shit, weak sauce, sir. Weak sauce. Weak fucking sauce. <laughs> I love how fucking bent you're getting. I'm fucking with you, dude. I was totally trying to fuck, man. Oh, I yeah, I know, I know, I know. I don't fucking care. I do, but I, I mean, I, part of this but, is, part of me calling you out is for the internet. You, oh, you remember we're recording this, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm, I'm trying to live my life. The, well, the no, no. Want. Live yeah. your fucking life. <laughs> You're talking about like, oh, I'm owning my shit now. I'm owning my shit now. Like, I'm going to do a bit and say, I just want to ride. Just fuck you. Fuck ride you. Jeep girl. No, you wanted to get your dick wet. Hey, and it was a bad play. It was a bad play. Now I know. Well, now I... I mean, you knew beforehand. Oh, I knew. I was with my homeboy, and I was like, you got to see this. He's laughing his ass off. He's like, why did you say that? I go, it just makes it easier to never talk to her again. I don't care, man. I didn't hurt her. I didn't hurt her. She's going to play some weird victim card. She can fuck right out. Trevor, what would you... My fucking family. That's weird. What would you have done? She said, yes. Go for a ride in her Jeep. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, What happens... Get tacos. What happens in the fucking bizarro world where she does fuck you again? Uh, it'd be a lot better. Well, yeah, the sex would be a lot better. Yeah. But think of how bad in trouble it wouldn't be. A, it wouldn't be a good thing, right? It wouldn't yeah, be a good the thing. Universe, God, the atheist world was looking out for me. They're like, you need to stop with this shit because it was a bad idea to begin with. And I was kind of on like a heater with. I got. A, I think I was drinking coffee late, and I was like, I got a great idea. No, at the end of the day, you wanted to get your nut. Like, yeah, every dude's been there. Every dude, like, it's like mm. <laughs> every dude's like. <clears throat> Well, we fucked before. We could do this again. Here's here's the other thing. That was like my first couple of days back in town. I'm in Santa Monica right now. I walk outside and I'm like, yep, fuck that. I just go down the street. I'm like, oh my God, it's everywhere. 
I'm right by Jameson's on on Maine. I'm like, it's just, it's everywhere. And it's not like I'm out there like trolling for puss. I'm just like, it's there's just beautiful women everywhere. And they're all like, they 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 do shit, you know. They're going to the beach, they're doing yoga, they're running, they're doing stuff, they're having coffee. And I was like, I like, I like that. I'm into that shit, you know. I don't know what they do for a living, you know, but I like what they I I can look. I'm a man. Well, for sure, for sure. But I, I wanna I wanna reel this back a little you bit. Go back? You wanna, yeah, like, you wanna like, grind like, me out some more? I, oh yeah, because I, I just wanna know like what was the plan if she had said yes? Like <clears throat> probably would have went out for a ride in Jeep and see where it went. Right, but I'm I'm saying you you fucking close escrow. You fucking bust that nut. Yeah, I'm not good at relationships or anything. Well, obviously. Yeah, obviously. It but a, it was a bunt at best. It, it's just, down the bunt. Didn't get the first. You're a 46 year old man. You should know better than like yes, 46. Just fucking how poorly that would have went. Because because it's funny. I mean, it, it's funny it, to me. Oh no, no. And I still laugh when we're talking about it. It's good material. Oh, no, it's definitely good material. And she's probably like, what a fucking, the, you know, all these names. I'm like, okay, I've been called worse. Like, For sure. Anything but, you say or do to me, 10 times worse things have happened I mean, to me. But that, that, that one, because imagine, imagine that bitch. Why am I calling her bitch? That woman. That chick. That chick. Yeah. That broad. That dame. Hey. Was, was holding a candle for you this whole time. She's like, oh my God, he came back. And like, you fuck got weird before well, that. So I had to get weird back. I had to fight back with weirdness. No, you should have just not picked up the fucking phone. Yeah, I was having a fun time. Like, just should have rubbed one out and got that post nut clarity and been like, no, that was a horrible idea. Because hmm. that was a horrible idea. <laughs> that was, I don't know. It makes for a good story. It's for a weird story. I'm not yeah. sure it's... Time will tell if it was a good one. Yeah. I'll never see her. I mean, if I see her, then I'll get either you're, ignored or yelled at. And I'm like, okay, great. Trevor, I hate to break it to you. You're a public figure who performs in public. Yeah. Worst things have happened to her, I'm sure. Don't yeah. be a weirdo. Don't follow my family on socials. Don't I'm, follow girls I know. Don't, don't, don't DM my other business accounts and send weird shit to them. It was kind of like, oh, no, no, I'm not I'm so, like, you want to be weird? I'm going to be weird right back. I mean, what did, what did they used to tell children? What? Two wrongs don't make a right. I don't care. Well, I mean, I do, but I don't. No, I was like, you don't. She You're did, like, she did. You spent the first hour of this podcast like I'm being healthy. I'm being a good dude. Mm. I have moments of weakness. I can't. I can't walk around like I'm a fucking monk. You know, I'm not like completely perfect. I have my faults. I'm a human being. You're like, and I did say you're right and fair. I didn't say fuck you. I didn't talk shit. I was like, you're right, fair. And I was like, that was it. And I was like, okay, cool. We we've officially closed that. Uh, she did something. She just yeah. No, no. Whatever. She I'm not, I'm done justifying why I did it because it was like, it was half I, half horny, half funny. I, in all reality, I would accept it much more if you were just like I wanted to knock it out of the park this time. I really that would have been nice. Yeah, look, give her like the actual fucking eh, yeah. give her the fucking eh, you know. Give her the mm, Naperville special. Mm, yeah, fucking turn you into the Riverwalk girl. Yeah, batting third or fourth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> fucking. Give her the weird. Actually, have really good sex. I'll take your word for it. Great, just with with every woman, just really good sex. If, even if it's a one night or a two night or whatever, that's just it. Doesn't always happen. Yeah, I've had uh, many many partners where I was just like, I effectively masturbated inside them. Yeah, it's just like no, I'm literally just trying to get mine right now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying it's happened. Yeah. 
mostly those were drunk bat decisions. It's like, oh, oh, you want to fuck? I'm drunk. I would like to get off now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while for me for that. Six years. Since you got off? No, like drunken. Oh. Stuff. Six years, like right around this time, too. I was with this chick. We were hooking up. What was your last drunk hookup? <laughs> right around this time. Well, tell the story, fool. She's dead now, so it's not like she can well, get d- mad at me. I mean, you shouldn't have fucked her to death. Mm-mm, you can't come at me, motherfucker. You're dead now. That's horrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what the fuck died. happened? Uh, I was at a bar, and she was sitting next to me. And it was pretty chill. It wasn't a lot of people there. And uh, she, what is it? she was like, kind of looking at me. wasn't flirting, but kind of. And then I, I literally said to her, I go, what's your name? And she told me, and I go, are you a Pisces? And she's like, oh my God, I am. How'd you know? I was just like, I don't know. I could tell. You know, they just stand out. And she said, and she got, she was really into it right after that. And we hit it off. We started talking. We went back to her apartment. She had this really nice apartment uh, right in Hollywood somewhere. <laughs> and uh, we went in there and I was like, you got anything to drink? I was like, yeah. She's like, there. And uh, I ended up, I hurt her. We hurt her very well. Very good hurt. Like, fucking went to town on that. It was, it was, she was like, like the, um, the angry moan, God, this hurts more. But I was like, it wasn't just banging. It was, I was everywhere. I was just like, it was like some fucking like, it was, it was rough, but it was good. And, uh, and then we got, we were done. It, it was a while though. Cause I, I think I was doing Coke. I can't remember. Probably. And so I kind of, I didn't have Coke dick, but it was kind of, and it wasn't all the way like, so I ended up get finished and like, I pass out and like, she's like next to me and she keeps like trying to wake me up and I'm exhausted. I'm like, I'm fucking beat. And she's like, she kept, she grabbed me like a hundred times to go again. And I was fucking, I was toast. I was like, I'm fucking toast. She kept grabbing me. She's like, I want more. I want more. And I was like, I'm toast. I, I can't like, I can't, it's not going to work. Like, and then like I roll the, over and I, the mind is willing. The body is not. <laughs> yeah. I go, I roll on her and kind of, we start hooking up and like fooling around. I go down on her and stuff. And, and it was, it was fun, but it was like, because I was like, this thing's fucking just fucked my dick. It's raw. It hurts. And I fucked her up again in a good way. And then she, that was it. I fucking jumped in an Uber, went home. And then we hooked up a couple more times. I would like, she just hit me up all the time after that. Then she started asking the bartender where I was. Where's Trevor? Is Trevor coming up? I don't know. Why don't you text me? I have his number. I don't want to, I don't want to come off weird. So this was going on. We were just hooking up for a while. And that's, that was, it wasn't, we didn't have like a conversation about it, but like I would show up at a place at like four in the morning, two in the morning, whatever. But that's what it was. And it was never like, you know, and then one, I think, and then one time, then I got sober. This was right before I got sober. So it was like this time right now. Then I got sober. Then I, I didn't talk to her for a while. She texted me. She's like, I saw what happened. Oh my God, are you okay? And then she like hit me up months later and was like, do you want to come over and uh, watch a DVD and like have something to eat and hang out? And I was interested. I was like, yeah, I go, but I'm, I'm at the club. I was at, you know, Sycamore in the dojo. I'm like, I'm at the club late. Like I was working till 12 almost every day. And she's like, uh, or every night. She's like, oh, I'm tired. I usually, you know, go, I mean, so it just, it just kind of, it ended uh, organically. Cause it was like, I'm, you know, and I didn't know how to do anything for the first couple of years sober when it came to women. Like, I didn't know how to talk to them. I didn't know how to like 
date them sober, especially if they were drinking or smoking weed or whatever. It's like, I didn't know how to navigate through life. And it just ended, you know, it was whatever. And, I mean, that happens. People and, grow apart. And then she died, so. Well, why'd you murder her? Murder that puss, bro. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't get attached, because can you imagine the fucking trauma of, like, losing a loved one like that? Yeah, it would have sucked. She wasn't, she's a good person. It's just, like. Well, yeah, just because someone's a good person, just because you have fun together, doesn't mean that, like, hey, you have to be together forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I learned. You know, it's like these relationships, friendships, experiences in my life, they don't have to be forever. They're that moment in time. Exactly. And they're a nice little capsule up here. 100%. And it's one of the disservices, like, our parents' generation did to us. is like, tell us these fucking fairy tales of happily yeah. ever after. It's like... It's a crock of shit, too. Yeah. Yeah. I understand in the 1800s, pairing off for fucking ever... And pumping out a ton of fucking children. Way different. Yeah, because they're all working on the farm or the factory or the business. Right. Like, like that's what my dad did. He had right. seven kids. He had six boys. He didn't have he didn't have kids. He had employees. Exactly. They all worked for the business, the family business. Right. And, yep. and that's the thing. Like, especially in the olden times, half y'all weren't gonna make it. So Yeah, exactly. So you had to pump out so many. And like, you know, women didn't have rights as a society. So yeah. like they had to be tied to a dude. Yeah. We don't live in that time anymore. That's yeah, a different world. But we have the flip side, which is fucked, which is because of social media, you're never truly, truly separated from someone. Like, yeah. in our parents' generation, like, they go out on a couple of dates, it doesn't work out. You never see that motherfucker again. Yeah. Ever. Done. Yeah. In 2024, especially with what we do, with yeah. we, the public-facing shit we do, if they want to find us, they're going to find us. They're going to see what we're fucking doing. Yeah. It's fucking, it's, it's unnatural. It's yeah. unhealthy. It is. Yeah. Some people just can't let it go. The brain chemicals, man. Yeah. It's not just us that gets fucking, yeah. you know, some crazy. random guy asks you to take him for a ride in his Jeep. It's like, what the fuck? What's up, psycho? <laughs> yeah. She is probably telling her friends at the bar in the group text about this crazy motherfucker she fucked once. Like, I'm sure she's omitting all the shit she did in the situation. Yeah, she ain't saying shit about how weird she got. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this and we can move on if you want or we can keep going. She sent dirty pictures to one of my business accounts that I don't even run. Okay. Don't do that. You can send it to my account. Why are you sending it to that account? That's fucking weird. Send it to my personal account. Don't send it to that. When I got one of my guys saying, yo, what the fuck is this? And he's laughing like it's a joke, but I, and he, and he, you know what he said? He goes, he goes, I think this is intended for you. And I was like, oh yeah. And I go, and he was like, good work. And I was like, eh, not really. I didn't do that good of a job, but you know, the brain chemicals hit people fucking weird, man. Yeah. <clears throat> it's okay. I've accepted it. I've moved on. Yeah. She tried to fucking get repeat business. Yeah. Weirdly after the fact. I learned. No, you didn't. Moving on. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to change the topic now. I meant moving on like next, not to anything. Like I'm not, there's, I have zero like romantic interest in on this planet right now. It's great. I focus once again, back on myself and my comedy. But in all reality, like even if you met someone to fucking tomorrow, that was fucking amazing. Do you have space for them in your life? No, I have yes and no, no. I have too many things I want to do, continue to do that. I got distracted with over the year. But I still am on the on the course of it. I'm still on the course, you know. Right. At least I didn't like just leave. 
Like I almost did that. Well, no, I know you talked about you talked about almost doing it, but it's just one of those things. We have to be honest with ourselves. Yeah, there isn't space for shit like that. Like not not right now. There could be down the road. I could create space, but it's got to be. And the question is, I don't want to deal with it right now. For sure. sure. You know, last year was rough for me. It was a it was a tough year emotionally for me. I don't want to. You know, think about it this way: if you were on your deathbed tomorrow, yeah, what would you regret more? Not being in fucking love. Or not having a successful comedy career. Oh, I mean, I'd regret more not having a successful successful comedy career. I've been in love. <laughs> like that shit sucked. Yeah, it's great to snort, but it wasn't <laughs> wicked hangover, right? Great to drink and shoot, but yeah, I mean, at this, I'm, I've I've been like that's why I moved here nine years ago, and that's what I said. I go, I can't, I can't do the, I I can't, I just can't do the dating thing. Unless it somehow works because it's jazz. Because it could work. Yeah. It could work. And not just like, you know, it would never be another comic, but it could be some. I would love to like date another creative. Like, it doesn't have to be like me, but like, she could be totally creative or in the creative industry, you know, because she could be like on the business end, like a manager or produce something. That's not a creative. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to date a comic. Well, yeah. comic. You can only have so much mental illness under one roof. Exactly. And that's the thing in, in stand-up. We all know that. Don't and then people bring up like, oh, what about Christina P and Tom Segura? Yeah, one out of like a trillion worked. Come one on. out of a trillion. And also they are both successful enough that they're not dealing with the day-to-day stresses. Right. When you have enough income, a lot of a lot of stresses are removed from your fucking plate. Yep. Yeah. I get it, man. I'm like, I'm right there. Like that's the only stress I have in my life is finances. And right. It's been and like that for there's diminishing returns on being years. rich. But until you hit that, like I don't know what it is right now, but like it used to be seventy thousand was like where you started seeing diminishing returns on wealth to happiness. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably around hundred K right now. Yeah. Uh, annually. Yeah. If you're both still struggling comics, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's like, oh hey, we both gotta get up. We're possibly competing for the same spots. Yeah. Possibly competing for the same writer's room, sitcoms. Yeah. All the other avenues that you know, comics be success, are successful at. On top of it, whatever else you're doing to try to fucking get by. And then you're trying to be in each other's company and like enjoy each other yeah. while doing all that. That's a lot of fucking pressure. It is. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's what you want the most. I mean, you can balance your life properly if you know how, but if you don't know how, and most of us don't. We're not good at balancing our life. I've gotten better at it, but does anyone in LA? No, no one, no one, no one who's hustling in LA knows how to balance. Oh God, no! A true us hustlers? Fuck no, we don't. You know, because it's like we're always going for we'll 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 cancel a date in a heartbeat for a seven minute spot for for you know that doesn't pay us. You know, that's just you're not going to be like oh yeah because then you're going to get weird shit like oh you don't want comedy that bad if you're going on a date instead of, and it's like well i don't know if i want to do a 7 minute spot in in the back of a bowling alley in in you know in fucking santa clarita i'm sorry that's not that important to me or it is everyone's different cuz i don't agree with comics when they say stage time is stage time i'm sick of that i don't agree with it i've done enough shows and mics around this country where i was like i think i should have just passed on this this was not the best. It's good to just get there, but it's like, don't think that every... When you get to a certain level and comfort of who you are as a comic, it's not as... 
it's no longer stage time at stage time. That's the that's the come up that you have to have the mentality of. But then you get to the point where it's like it's really not that important. Once you actually have a decent set and like you're getting good audience reaction from real audiences, yeah, do mics really benefit you because no. you're performing for other comics? Yeah, and they're most comics are cunts or cunts because well, it's like we're watching you thinking of what we would have done different, what we would have done better, barely paying attention, not supporting you. They never support you. And then it's like, if the, you do something really good, a half the, most of the, over half the time, they get, you get cunty. Like, I, I would have, you know, I've been in enough, like I said, rooms and places where they just get bent. This, I'll give you a story. When I was at South by last year, I, I did a guest spot on a South by show last year, Brian Moses. And did great. He gave me like six, seven minutes. He offered me the spot. I didn't ask him or even anything. He's like, I can't do your show. Come do mine. He goes, I'm at the Creek in the Cave. He's like, tonight. It was like a late show. I go, cool. He goes, come by. I'll give you a guest spot. I was like, cool. I show up. Walk in. He's like, oh, Trey, what's up? And he, Brian Moses is such a fucking great guy. And the green room was like full. I was like, Joe DeRose was there, Eddie Pepitone, Emily Hampshire from that TV show. She was there. It was cool because I got to make her laugh. Um, I forgot, Shit's Creek. And like all these people. And it was like really cool to see like comics, like, you know, because I've been on the road, so I don't get a lot of that. Anyways, go up six minutes. I do very well. I don't say I crush. I crushed. I don't say that a lot unless I do. I listened to it. I did great. I had people. I had roaring laughs coming from the audience. I had a group of guys as I left. Uh, left the stage. Big group of guys came up to me and started hugging me and saying, you're our favorite comic. You're fucking hilarious. They wanted to hang out with me and shit. There was two comics in back that a friend of mine overheard that were fucking pissy because I was doing so well. They don't like me, but it's because I did well. I went up there. I did really good for six, seven minutes. I left just like a pro. And they got fucking cunty. And it, my friend overheard them. And he's like, yeah, they, they, were, they were saying some shit about you. And I was like, because I was doing good. If I would have bombed, different story. But they're like, how the fuck did he get the spot? Oh, he's fucking talking all this shit. And I'm like, and I was like, oh, they're pissed because I did good. That's right. Because there's a lot of insecurity in this yeah, business. I did good. I did really good. And they got mad. And they didn't get up on that show. And they wanted to and they expected to. Because they're fucking entitled pricks. There's so many entitled pricks. I love the scene and I don't like the scene. That's why I'm so glad my guy in, in Texas went to Fort Worth. Because that town is like flooded with some entitled fucking pricks. And I was like, this is... Not all of them. There's Actually, it's pretty cool. But it's like, there's enough where I'm like, fuck you, dude. It's like, you didn't pay your dues. You know, you just showed up here and you're a trust fund kid. So, and that's my... Getting off the soapbox on that. Whatever. Yeah, I, mean I did good. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Hell, even if you're a trust fund kid, I don't knock you. Yeah. Like, you got to still be funny. Exactly. Still got to be funny. Doesn't matter how much is in your bank account, how much you got, what you drive, still got to be funny. That's the problem though, is it's not like that as much. Social media has really damaged the game, especially the crowd work thing. I see both sides of it. The crowd work thing works in the comics favor because we're not giving you material so you're not seeing our actual material. So if we shoot it, or if we go to if you go to a show, they don't see it. So it's like it. But then it's also to me, it's it's not lazy, but it's kind of lazy. You have a com I dude. I've watched this so many times. I watch a comic, a new comic, who can't cover five minutes doing crowd work. 
Where are your jokes? You should be working on jokes, not crowd work, because then they want to take the clip of somebody like giggling or laughing and put that on their Instagram and think they're going to get booked because they told some old guy he looked like Christopher Walken's, you know, evil twin or something. And that's like, oh, that's hilarious. I'm going to get booked now. That's not how it works. You know, Sam Tripoli always said this, and I love the advice I've gotten from Sam over the years. He said, especially with, it's the edgy people. When edgy is, you know, years ago, he goes, before you're edgy, you have to be funny. Then you can be edgy. And he would say, reel him in and then fucking hit him with the truth. He's like, get him with the dumb shit. And then, and he's like, then fuck him up. And it's true. It's like reeling him into the lion's mound, whatever, den, and then fuck him up. Oh, shit. I've been fucking this up this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> saying edgy shit the whole time. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. But Why didn't Sam give me that advice? But he's so shit. right. He's so fucking right. You know? And he, that was something he's like, these comics think they, they could be edgy first and then funny. He's like, it doesn't work like that. You got to be funny, then edgy. And it's like, that's right. Because that's what it's, what it's about. You're supposed to make people laugh and eventually make people think. And that's it. You know, it's two things. And keep them vulnerable. That was my thing. That's what I learned from Andy Kaufman when I read his book years ago. When he, when you're completely vulnerable and you don't know how to feel and you feel, or you feel a certain way and you're exposed and open, he goes, he said that was his favorite. That's why he's the original prankster. He was, he was like, that was his favorite, like, feeling was that very natural feeling of, I don't know what's happening here. Like, completely open and vulnerable. And he's like, that's when I would get him. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. It changed my outlook on things. And that was a long time ago I read that book. Comedy's a rough game. Yeah, it is. And maybe I'll give it back into acting. <laughs> Should I talk about my, my time with John Voight just recently? Did you murder John Voight? No, fuck no. Sexy time? I had, I had a hang sash with John Voight. The, the Oscar-winning actor... Emmy Award, was it Emmys? Did he win an Academy Award? Yeah, Emmy sure. for, for Ray Donovan? I mean, most importantly, Angelina Jolie came from his balls. Yes. Yeah. Amazing guy. Such a sweet man. <sighs> Just on a completely tangent side note before yeah. you get into this. It super bummed me out when I saw Tomb Raider and saw Angelina next to John Voight. I'm like, oh God, they, they, <laughs> they do look similar. And like, that completely killed it for me. Completely killed That's it for funny. me. I'm just like, God damn it. Yeah. So uh, many erections. Just awesome guy. Very uh, kind, caring, uh, interested in everything I had to say. Uh, he told me I was a very good looking young man because he's 85. Uh, just a great dude. And, you know, we're supposed to get together again and talk shop and, you know, do some other shit. And You're leading shit. How did, how did this come about? We have mutual friends. It just are you his drug dealer? Nope. Why not? I don't think he does drugs. At eighty five, at eighty five, I would be doing all the drugs. I told him about my recovery and my what I've been dealing with and how I have like people I check in with, not sponsees, but people I check in with, and vice versa. And he was really interested in that and told him a lot about a lot of other stuff. Told him my favorite performance of his, and he thought I was fucking with him. Then he went and told stories about what, that what performance. Oh, all day, every day, Anaconda. His performance in that is fucking miraculous. Fucking miraculous. That and Bud Kilmer in Varsity Blues. That's number I mean, two. Bud Kilmer in Varsity Blues is actually shit. Yeah. Anaconda, incredible. We talked, he didn't, he thought I was fucking with him and I broke down like scenes and everything. And he's looking at me like, really? I go, yeah. He goes, let me tell you about it. So he's like telling me stories about the movie and, you know, what they were doing on set and does everything. Does he think you're a special needs kid? Are you a make a wish to him? Maybe. 
fucking A though. I got to hang with him. Got his number and everything. So we're supposed to kick it again. So when do you send him nudes? Soon. <laughs> Come on. Tell me that would be an amazing bit if you text be. John Voight nudes. That would be. Just like laying on a couch. Well, like text him the nudes and be like, oops, all, wrong number. Yeah. All dad bod. All dad bod, like just <clears throat> sexy look in your eye. And then when he responds, be like, oops, wrong number. Yeah. Like, sorry, John. Great dude. You know? Well, then you should show him your cock. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> I don't want to scare him away like I have with other people. Well, I'm not saying maybe you I'll get romantically him. involved with the man. Maybe I'll ask him for a ride in his Jeep. You know, see where that goes. You're batting zero on that attempt. I'm going to try it again. Different person. She's a friend. Well, a friend. Different, different person. Oh, yeah. She's cool, though. We're not like friend friends, but we're, we're cool. I just want to ride in a Jeep around LA. What's wrong with that? Rent one. I don't want to rent one. I don't want to pay money for that shit when someone can drive me. Rent a driver. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I still think you should send John Void a nude or two. Yeah. Just because. Just because? So he blocks me? He won't block you. He doesn't know how. He's 85. Yeah. Fucking... Next time I see him, what are you doing? Since beating me with this newspaper or something. Takes a pencil out and bites it. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be an amazing yeah, bit. It Come would on. be. <laughs> People are like, I get like, I got, when I posted it, I had text messages like, what the fuck is going on out there? I'm like, it's my life. <laughs> Things didn't work out in Phoenix, but they're doing okay in LA. I was like, it's more than a silver lining. I was like, took a nice sidestep. It worked out. For me personally. Like yeah. with all this shit over all the years, there have definitely been moments where I've taken a step back and be like, I feel like I'm a goddamn make a wish. Yeah. How did I get here? You're like, is this my life? Yeah. Well, yeah, you go to the AVNs, dude. Well, honestly, it's fucking like, I don't want to say cream of the crop, but cream of the crop. It's the, it's the AVNs, you know? It's, I mean, it's, you think 15 years ago when you're fucking pulling your pud in, in Chicago, you thought one day, did you really think one day you're going to be the AVNs getting an award for best, like, the Jewish guy or whatever you got that award for? Best, oh, I mean, best rabbi? That was for, we won best comedy that year. Thank you. Jesus Christ. We won best comedy. Yeah. No, definitely not. In 2009, I would have never, never expected where my, where my life ended up. Yeah. I had ambitions to do other shit with my life. Like, in 2009, like, my record label was dying. Yeah. Like, you know, I had tried and failed at other fucking businesses. I had tried and failed. And, like, part of it, in retrospect, was, like, I didn't dive in with both feet. Yeah. I played it safe. I did, I did it the Midwestern way. I yeah. kept my fucking day job that was stable. Yeah. That was stable income. And I tried. And, like, when push came to shove between my ambitious goals, my own business, and having to maintain the thing that actually paid me, I went with the thing that actually paid me. Like That's what we do. Right. Yeah. The fucking, we the, the ambitious shit fell by the wayside. Yeah. And it failed for many reasons, but that was yeah. one of them. Like, if I had just fucking dove in and had to make it work. Yeah. There was a much better chance that it would have worked. Yeah. I can't guarantee that it did. I made a lot of dumb mistakes in those days. I made a lot in the eight years of doing this, I've made a lot of dumb mistakes with this. There are definitely I could have been marketing this better a long fucking time ago. Yeah. 
I get that with the dojo. I failed miserably not getting e- email addresses to build up an email. Yeah, a mailing list. A mailing list. I fucked that up, but I have reasons. Dude, you, you saw what I was doing there. I was stretched then. Well, I couldn't do it all, man. You live and you learn. Hindsight is twenty twenty for a fucking reason. Work. It's too hard. It was too way too hard for me to do that. I have a million comics now on stage time, and none of them want to do anything for it. There's a couple that did. Mike Gickelson, who's down in Sacramento, he did. He helped out. Andrew Rios helped out a little bit, quite a bit. He did a lot of different stuff. Willie Simon, kind of. He did some stuff. I love Willie. Um, but like, none of these comics wanted to work the door for like stage time. Some of them did. Those three guys did. Um, there's some other comics like Jimmy Betterton, who I worked with now. He he helped out. There's people that did that. Al B was too busy doing other stuff, so he doesn't. He, he, I didn't have him there, but it's like I was like trying to tell him, like, I just need you to just work the door and get email addresses. That's it. Because how we did things is we were an independent comedy club. I, people are like, what's that mean? And we're an indie club. We booked producers and promoters, and they booked the comics. So they had the, the a mailing list, they had the Eventbrite, and then they, you know, that was it. So I didn't actually have a, an email list. The, it, the producers did. So it just took away a lot of work away, but then occasionally we'd have our dojo shows, the best of the dojo or whatever. And a lot of the time it was like, People got comped. It was friends of friends or whatever. And it was like, you know, there'd be 30 people up there and 10 paid. And it's like, and they didn't have, I didn't, I get, didn't, excuse me, I didn't get an email address. And that's where a mistake I made. But at the same time, with Eventbrite and all the other stuff, you do get the email. So you can create a database, you know, which is why certain promoters have become so successful. Jimmy Shin, who I love to death, I just did a show at Roosevelt and did very well. He's got a, insane email database. So, so it's important. Yeah, he did it. You know, I think Jay Davis, you know, he's got a killer one. These independent guys that have their own that can book shows anywhere and do well. That's, you know, but they've been doing this a lot longer than me. But also, how many of them coached you? None of them. No, right. one, I mean, Sam coached me in stand-up and some producing and stuff like that. But I knew how to run a club, not a comedy club, which is a difference because that's what I wanted to do. Was but at the end of the day, Sam doesn't have to put out promotion for Comedy no, Chaos. He just has to fucking show tell up. people it's happening. Yeah, and it's so, it sells out. Right. Best show in fucking town. Right. Hands down. So Sam doesn't have to yeah. put together a mailing list, you know, keep people engaged with what's going on. Yeah. He just has to put out a fucking post. This amazing show's happening. Yeah, people come. All murders and done. Yeah. Right. Sells out every time. Yeah. You know, and it, I didn't have, I had a lot of people trying to tell me what they think I should do. Because they would word it that way, and it's and none of them, no one, not one of those people, because they're all comics, had the background I did at running events, running bars, running restaurants, running businesses. None of them. They might have run. They may have run shows, or been able to do a really good eight minutes, but they didn't know what I what I had to do and who I had to answer to and what I had to deal with. The powers that be was a whole different fucking story. And that's where it got stressful. But once things started moving in the right direction, I got left alone. It was very laissez-faire. It was great. They just said, this guy's doing it. Leave him alone. Oh, no. I, I went to many, many dojo yeah, shows. Yeah, I mean, you you ran, you ran did sound for the Jeff Garland thing, you know, with Netflix. It's like, yep. that was a fucking big step. I was working with directly with Netflix, not through Jeff or his assistant, directly through Netflix. Yep, that was, was a good, the, that was yeah. a good night. <laughs> It's great I, I've definitely talked to a couple people like, oh yeah, I I did this. I was at this Jeff Garland thing. I'm like, yeah, I, I was running sound there. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's, it, it, was, it was very cool for Jeff to come up and like thank me for doing it too. Yeah. Like, so he didn't have to do that. Great dude. And basically rented out the room, but didn't. You know, no. essentially, I didn't ask him for anything. He just said he took he took care of the the bar tab. So it's everybody up there didn't have to technically pay anything. He just picked up the tab at the bar and then tipped very well. Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, he tipped very well. Well, I'm just he's a good dude. I worked for a free bar tab that night. God damn it! I didn't pay you. You should have. <laughs> I didn't have a budget, yeah, because I didn't ask him for anything. Well, it's fine. I mean, I definitely, yeah, (laughs) I definitely drank more than what my rate would have (laughs) been. Seven fucking old fashions or something. Shit, that seven, seven, twelve. Fuck. But now that I know Jeff Garland paid for my tab, you owe me some money. Yeah, well, you can ask Jeff. No, Jeff paid my tab. You owe me money, motherfucker. Uh, I got, I got nothing. You got to pick up my tab. And, you got to shake me down. I'm like, go ahead. Nothing's going to come out. It's you got kidneys. Dust. dust. Dust comes out of my pocket. You got kidneys, motherfucker. You got two. Yeah. I'll sell one. Okay. Can we split the profit? No. It's probably pretty good shape now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been taking my vitamins. I'm, yeah. I'm renewing that shit. Yeah. That's why I stay in shit shape so no one can steal my organs. It's smart and they can't lift you. It's always good to be heavy. because Then you can all, you also, if you're big... They always have put you in a shotgun. They never put you in the back seat. That was an old trick I did. I was like, I'm going to stay 250 because nobody wants to put the 250 guy in the back seat. You always sit shotgun when you're going out with people. <laughs> I don't really drive, so. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for calling me out on my weight. Thank you. Thank God. I mean, come on, you know. I can say that. I was fat most of my life. Most of my adult life. Big. When I was a younger, I was lean i look good i was an athlete and then i became when i started drinking heavily that's when things went out of hand when you were younger you looked like you were in a new metal band this is true <laughs> oh at the fucking yeah the chin strap and the goatee and the, the spiky the, hair yeah yeah i have these fucking uh headshots <laughs> i have these headshots when i was like 26 it totally looked like that yeah like that looked like uh was it somebody somebody Oh, fucking dude from Smash Mouth? Oh, yeah. I used to get called Smash Mouth all the time. I mean, to the point where I was just like, yeah, I know. And then there's another, yeah, the early 2000s, those bands. Yeah, exactly what you said. No, I've seen the pictures. It's like, man, this looks like someone I could have booked. Yeah. I was doing music. Yeah. Good old days. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. Sorry, we got totally derailed on. Yeah, we don't know where we went. We went, we went to a weird place, but that's okay. Talking shit about our, you know, yeah. both our physical appearances. Yeah, I, I wish I had a show to promote, but I don't have. I have a show in Chicago in March. Well, this won't be out by then. Yeah, oh, it won't. I have so much in the can right now. You fuck, put this up first. Yeah, I'll just bump a bunch of people. Yeah. Look at number six. Look, look at the privilege covers trying to total. Like, As I talk shit about privileged people, I'm like, yeah, what's up now? Well, because that's the reality of this world. This world is all about who you know, not what you know. Uh, yeah, this is the, especially this town. Nepo was the ugh. whole world. The whole like, world. I know. I've I just talked about this too. Like my family are all plumbers in Chicago. They all got treated way better and differently because they come from a respectful. My dad was very well respected, and they're all kind of yeah. The Kevillos, they're good. They do good work. We use them. Nepo, it's business. Oh, one hundred percent. Like. I, I pissed off a bunch of my friends who have kids and shit yeah. recently. Because I'm like, honestly, you should be instilling in your children 
It's who you know, not what you know. Not like I'm not saying you should ladder climb. I'm not saying you should do that gross shit. Yo, know, depending on your network, yeah, is really where you how you get ahead in life. Yeah, how many gigs? How far have you gotten ahead? Have you gotten booked on because you were friendly with I, someone? Yeah, exactly. Because I submitted my shit to someone. They're like, let's book them. Never. No, it's all who I know. Right. They also see the grind. They see how much I've gotten better. Right. And they respect that. Right. Well, obviously, your peers respect that. Your peers aren't going to book you on something that's going to make them look bad. Exactly. If you have the ability, if they put Trevor Kevlo, who knows all these people, versus Trevor Kevlo, who is just anonymous dude submitting tape, who gets the gig? Yeah. Trevor Kevlo, who knows everybody. 100%. That's how I book. Right. That's how I booked. And I, I mean, we would give you know, shots at people, but, you know, ultimately it was, it was a very who you know thing. And I'm not like, I'm a fucking clout maker or any shit like that. Literally Wednesday night, a friend of mine's putting on a show. Billy's, Billy Presido, Yeah. Man Whore Podcast, friend of mine, um, coming in from New York. Yeah. I texted my friend and said, hey, can you put my funny friend on for five minutes on your show? What show? Uh, the third wheel? No, no. Okay. It's uh, uh, Riff said uh, Knucklehead. Oh, okay. Uh, Dean Del Rey's headlining. <laughs> Love Dean. Dean's great. I haven't seen him in years. The shit he's doing right now with the, he's got that band. Yeah. Like an ACDC tribute band. He's been doing that for years. Yeah, it's fucking, I guess the last show out here just absolutely fucking murdered. But uh, Dean Del Rey and Jason Ellis are headlining. Okay. Nice. But literally, sight unseen, didn't ask to see any of Billy's socials, any of like Billy's material. Yeah. Said, Oh, he's your friend? Yeah. yeah, I'll put him on. That's uh, that, that, that's how the world works. That's how it was. When I had the dojo, I was uh, working with a rep from CAA, and she worked with comics, mostly comics. I think just comics, whatever. And she would, probably a few times a month, at least once a week, she was sending me comics that were in town. She's like, can you get this person out? They need to work out. And it's CAA. I was like, yes. She was cool, the, the woman I was working with. She was really cool. And she'd come to shows and like never expect anything for free. Pay the, the door and everything brings people like bought stuff, tip well, everything. And uh, and she um, she would do that. And I was like, yeah, I got you. And then I would tell the promoter, whoever it was, you know, if I was there or not, I'm like, you need to make room for this comic, you know. And there are times, and I've talked about this more and more recently, but there are a lot of times where some one of the producers would give me shit. There's only one one producer. He's like, oh, I don't know if I have, I have enough room, you know, because I've got you on the show too. And I was like, well, they can take my spot. And I was giving my spot to somebody that was in town that, you know, was needed to work out seven. And I, was, I did that quite a bit. And if I had my old phone, I could show you dozens of messages of people I took care of. Oh, I know. Years. No, hell. When we did Billy's, Billy's live fucking podcast oh, at the dojo. Right. Like on Sunday. And like on a random Sunday. Yeah. And like. I don't think you ever checked out Billy's material or his podcast before. A little bit, but I didn't know him for shit. Right. Like it was, but I, I trust your opinion. Right. Like I, I literally like, Hey, it was, and it was good. Yeah. It was a fun it was night. Out. Yeah. It was a fun fucking night. And it yeah. was, but it was literally like, Hey, my friend's in from New York. He wants to do a live podcast. This will be fun. And you went, I trust your judgment. Yeah. And I was like, Sundays are open. So it worked out. Yeah. But if Billy had approached the dojo without like me fucking. Yeah. Being there? Like, who are you? Yeah, who are you? Yeah. Like, why would I do this? Yeah, that's how it is, man. It's a business of relationships. I was talking to someone earlier about this tonight. Wow, I've been drinking. I was talking to someone about this earlier tonight. It's it's completely a business of relationships. Like, yep. how far you get, especially in entertainment, is who you know. Yeah. The gatekeepers are willing to open fucking doors if 
you're a trusted commodity. Yeah. Because you know I'm not going to fuck you. You know I'm not going to put up someone who's like, oh, this is complete garbage. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, I didn't know who the hell Al Bahami was, and, and Sam introduced us. Sam's like, this guy works his ass off. And I met Al, and we came homeboys. You know, it's like, and we've worked together since. That was five, five, five years ago, six years ago, something like that. So, you know, I think same thing with Willie Simon and Andrew Rose. You know, those guys were, I think it was Sam that introduced them to me, and Willie booked a great lineup of comics on Tuesday, but he couldn't get a great, a big crowd in. Because we were also competing with Comedy Chaos every other week. Well, you're competing with Comedy Chaos. Yeah. You're, in LA, you're just at a disadvantage. Yeah. Competing against the store, the improv. Is it right down the street? Well, there, it, was, it was a comic-friendly place. It was just tough to get people in there. You compete with the improv, the factory, the store. All with Which them. are all nationally known. Yeah. Like, all, a few miles from each other. They're a few miles from each other. And tourists come to just see the store because it's a landmark. Yes. They're not even the, particularly there for the comedy show. Yeah. They're there to be at the comedy store. It's, and improv and laugh factory are, are chains. So, yeah. yeah. So you have like, and you've got the best of the best of the best there every night, you know. I, I've said this a million times. Like comedy is the weird only artistic medium where people will go in completely sight unseen. You won't just go to a random movie. Yeah. But people will randomly go to the comedy club because I want to laugh. Yeah. Without hearing any fucking about. material. Yeah. I have no idea who they are. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's weird. It's yeah. fucking weird. Like, because you're not going to go to a concert and be like, I just want to hear music. You got to check them out or it's somebody like, yeah. Right. Or at least a genre. Like, because it's like, I'm going to go to a jazz club. I'm going to back to jazz. Yeah. But like, I'm going to at least hear, like, I want to hear jazz tonight. I want to hear blues tonight. Yeah. That was so much fun. <laughs> People are going to be like, what's with this dude? Like they, it's, it's a, You've been here six times before. They know. know. I'm fucking, I'm just working it. Just having fun. People need to, hope they just have, understand the, the humor and the, you know, the, the mm, non Watching me lose my shit. Non-complexity, complexity, the humor. Just watching me fucking ter- tell you off about like how, how you're fucked up. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, fuck it. Bah. I mean, I, I'm saying as a friend, you're fucked up. Yeah. So I guess I want to hook up with her and take a ride in that Jeep. Oh, well. There are greater tragedies in life. Maybe not to her. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe she's going to go swallow a bottle of pills over this. I hope not. I don't think I was that exciting. Well, obviously, you gave her the fucking pee game. Yeah, I did. I feel bad. Maybe that's what it was, like, subconsciously. I wanted to, like, I was like, no, 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 trust me, I'm better. I'm a better uh, headspace. I can I can do this. I can knock it out of the park. Yeah, I can really crush it. I can home run derby this shit. I'm batting three or four now. I'm not batting nine. Nine or ten and in sixteen inch softball. Like I'm batting three or four. Fast pitch. Well, maybe you'll get a chance to you know knock out of the park with someone else. Yeah. I will. Or not. Maybe I'll just chill. I don't think there's anything here I really want to pursue. So I just enjoy it. But then again, stranger things have happened in my life. I've had <laughs> the dinner with Anthony Bourdain. I've had Ice cream with John Voight, and that was just a few days ago. You know, I've had, uh, you know, I, I had Joe Rogan at my comedy club. You know, it's like I've... I know, I've I, brought, some, I brought a date to that You show. were there, yeah. I've you, done some pretty cool things in my life. Fuck you for making me stand through that whole show on a date. Yeah. I, I don't really care. I, I, I was trying to show off, be like, because you did count me on that show. Yeah. I was, I was like, yeah, I, I know the fucking... And then, like, we had standing room. Yeah. 
Like I, I used to work with the UFC and the MMA world and the things I did with the fighters and promoters and the models, uh, amazing fucking stories with them. This was going back to like 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, around there, that chunk of time. Amazing stories, cool stuff. Got, I met Dana White years ago. Like I had dinner with Lorenzo Fertitta, like the fucking, you know. I want to pose you this question though. Wouldn't it be cooler if people were telling these stories on podcasts about having dinner with you? Yeah. I mean, it's well and good. It's, it's exciting to be yeah. around these people. Yeah. But isn't the goal isn't to be that guy? To be the person that, like, yeah. fuck, I was hanging out with Trevor Kevlo last night. I'd, it, it, it very well could happen. But isn't that the goal? Yeah. Just, like, yeah. I would, I would love that for not just my ego, but. A, a level of success. Right, because you've made your mark on the world yeah. when someone is being like, they're proud to say that they spent time with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that. In, I get so much love in Chicagoland. It's insane. I get good love here, but it's hard, here it's, and it's not a diss, it's just artists and creatives. So it's not like I have all these non-creatives that are like, oh, I mean, I did have five or six people show up to my show at, at Roosevelt and there were, none of them were comics, of course, because comics won't show up. But I had like five or six friends show up. They paid a ticket. They came in. They're like, you are fucking great. You are funny. You had me laughing the whole time because I hosted. So I was up there a lot because it was also a long ass show. But yes, you're right. It would be great to have like, <clears throat> it would be great to have that uh, that experience where someone's like, I want to have dinner with you and listen to what you've done and places you've been. That would be fucking cool as fuck, man. I get that, like I said, mostly in Chicagoland. My family's very, I'm lucky. My family's always been pretty supportive. A lot of my friends are pretty supportive, especially, you know, my life in sobriety and recovery. That's a big step. But they still, I went, I went through a lot, you know, the past few months, like some, a lot more than I want to really dive into mentally and emotionally and psychologically. I went through some, some pretty tough shit to the point where my family's like, come back and come back to Chicago. My brother, like, jokingly was like, come back, I'll get you a job at the plant. Like, he was fucking with me, but he's like, I get you 25 hours to push a broom. And I'm like, I'd rather go in the janitor's closet and hang myself than fucking make 25 an hour working in the fucking factory. 100%. Like, and that's one of the... Sorry that I'm not like you guys. I don't want... I would like that, but in my own no, way. No, you don't. No, you don't I want... Don't, no, no, I don't want that. I wouldn't mind a stable home, but I was like, at the same time, what I'm doing... It works for me, and I love this. It's just scary. Well, I don't know when I'm going to make my next money. No. I don't have anything on the books until March. I don't know how I'm going to stretch from right now until then. I have things in Sell motion. that ass. Right. I have things in motion. I have some projects and some gigs in motion that we'll, we'll, I'll be okay with, but it's scary. But it's to the point now, it's not scary to me. I'm just like, I'll find a way. That is one of the things I fucking hate about Chicago. I hate about the Midwest. Every time, like, I've had a hiccup, a hiccup, anything, COVID, right? Yeah. Oh, COVID why don't you just come back and do what, Every motherfucker? Do what? And I love my family's truly supportive. Like, I love them. Most of them. Some of them are cunts. Well, not really. They're not cunts. We just don't talk. Um, but like, th there's some people in my family that I keep in touch with, and this is the thing. My mom, who died a little over a year ago, who was my, it's like anybody, not everybody, but most people, my biggest fan. She loved me. She supported me. She saw me go through hell from the very first time I came out here just to visit 
with my then mentor, Bob Odenkirk, who everyone knows now. Uh, I, then I moved out here a year later to work with him. He mentored me for years. She would say, she said this up until the day she fucking, well, not day she died because she was in terrible shape in, in hospice. But she said to me, she goes, Trevor, I love when you're around, when you're in town in Chicago. I love when you're here and helping. You're such a help because I actually helped my parents. I didn't just hang out. I make my dad food. I do this. I do that. I help her out. I do stuff. I was there to help. Well, otherwise you'd be the show. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> but she said, I love having you here, but I don't want you here. You don't belong here. You, you, you need to... And that's real fucking support. That's that is the best. Saying come back here, you're 46. Like, what do you? And I'm like, I go, I put all this time and effort and money and all this into myself for this long. So just quit and go work at the the factory. Well, and for me, for (laughs) me, stand up for fun on the side. For me, whenever anyone back in Chicago is like, we'll just come back to Chicago and fucking do Do what? what? Do what? Do what? what? Oh, well, it's so I can be with you. So you can be, because my family. So you can bring me down, motherfucker. So that you can be at that level because they see you fucking still fucking going. They still, you're going, you're still going. And they're, they're like, they love it, but there's probably a bit of jealousy. I definitely have friends from former friends at this point from back in Chicago that we have grown apart because I am not living the life that they approve of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've had family disassociate themselves from me completely because they're like, like mm, what's he What's he think? He's like, what is he like a wannabe? I'm like, no, I'm fucking doing it. But I'm literally doing it. I mean, you, happening. I think you can confirm this with me. It's a smaller level. In the Midwest, in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Success through entertainment is something you read about. It's not yeah, something. I don't get it. It's not something you actually do. It's something you do for fun. On the weekends. It's a hobby. Yes, it's a it, hobby. It's a hobby. You make a couple it's, extra bucks. It's not something that like anyone actually does and be successful. The people you see on television, the people, celebrities, shit like that, those aren't real people to people in Chicago. Yeah. No, they don't get it. They, and they, they're not supposed to. We get it. We are the people that get it and are supposed to get it because we're here putting ourselves through goddamn hell, dealing with the fucking nonsense of this town, you know, doing everything we can to fucking survive. And they just, they don't have that. And that's okay. And that's, I mean, I'm more than okay with it. It's just less people here. Fuck yeah. Bring my rent down. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I went through, like I said, I went through some some tough shit uh, in my own world, my own head. And I, I, you know, I reached out to some of my family and some friends and told them I was struggling. It was pretty bad. I was, I was struggling mentally. And I was like, I'm having a hard time. And, and the thing is, I've gotten to my point in my life where I can say that now and be honest and say, I'm having a really hard time, but I got through it. And I'm right now, I feel great. Like I'm going to go to drive to Santa Monica and stay on my friend's couch. I'm, you know, like, I don't mind that. People are like, that's weird. I'm like, so I, I go, I, I got shit I got to do. It's not your life, motherfucker. It's my life. Right. I'm not like, why are you with so-and-so? You seem to be miserable. Why are you drunk every night and you're why, married? Why, why are you, are you at the same job for 10 years that yeah. you hate? Why are you, why are you, uh, uh, was it, why are you married to the same woman, but you're at the bar every night? Like I worked in blue collar bars. I'm like, why are you here every night? You get fucking half in the bag so you could go home and deal with your fa- your life you fucking hate. And here I am like trying to figure out how I'm going to stretch and make things work. And it's like, fuck it. I am. I am. Universe, God, atheist world. I'm going to fucking do it. 
atheist world. Find a way. I, yeah, atheist world up. I'm gonna find a way to fucking do it. Hell yeah. And you know, if I gotta go wash dishes for a week or a month, I will. And I did that shit in Chicago. I, I didn't have anything going on. I went and I worked at the fucking store up the street for two months making shit money. But I was work. I got thirty hours a week. It was right up the street, ha- less than half a mile away. But I was able to. I made it work. And if I have to do that again, I will. Because I certainly, and I've been offered this a few times, I do not want to run another goddamn fucking bar or restaurant. Then don't do it. My life is over. Then don't do it. I would, I would be more than happy to come in as a daytime consultant. Don't do it. Just don't do it. No, no, no. It takes all my, it takes my juices away. Because then everyone, but the thing is, everyone looks at me like, how are you going to make money? I'm like, I'm going to figure it out like I always do. You figure it out. Yeah. Fucking figure it out. Every time. Fuck them. Because just because they can't figure it out doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah. I'm different. We're different. You're out here. I'm out here. We're doing something that not a lot of people can do, want to do, or have the balls to do. And that is the beautiful thing. I, as I, and it's not even a diss. Right. I'm not, I'm not made for that world. I tried it and I didn't like it. As I used to tell my musical artists all the fucking time, drive will get you further than talent any day of the week. 100%. Yep. You have to just hustle. show up. You just have to show up and put in the work. Yeah. You have to hustle. Like every time someone questions, like, how did this talentless motherfucker make it this far? Drive. Yeah. Just drive. Yeah, keep going. Yep. Getting up, getting up, getting up, doing whatever it is you need to do. And developing Networking. relationships. Here, especially. Yeah. Networking, meeting, being in the, in the right place at the right time, talking to the right people, impressing the right people. Not hey, coughing you know. into my mics. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, with the dojo, I was like, I tell people I wasn't walking down the street and they threw a comedy club at me. I was working at this place for a couple of years. Like I put in the time to earn that 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 opportunity. But it's also like a lot of things could have changed. Anything could have changed where it didn't happen, but it did. Right. And that's, you know, end of the day, it happened. So I'll, I'll never, ever have anything like that as long as I live. I'm so grateful for everything came out of that place. But I, I've made peace with it. It's part of my past. Hell, if it wasn't for the dojo, we wouldn't be friends. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Steve Vance brought me in there the first time. That's right. That fucking dude. I love him. It's fucking... But yeah, I mean, talk about a fucking quitter, wife, kid, back in fucking Boston. She's hot though. Well, good on. Yeah. Quitter. Yeah. Fucking quitter. Fucking quitter. Hot he man. quit for a hot piece of ass. But <laughs> I thought he was running his dad's company. No, no, he, he yeah. quit for being with Did he pass away his dad? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but yeah, I get it. But at the same time, like, you didn't quitter. have to. He's a quitter. You didn't have to. He's a quitter. Yeah. Fucking quitter. I love you, Steve. You're a quitter. Yeah. But on that note, I hate to do it. We got to call last call on this motherfucker. We've been doing this for two hours already. Oh, man. We rocked. Trevor. Yes. Tell me where you can find me on the things. You can find me on social media. Trevor Kevlo. T-R-E-V is in Victor. O-R. Last name is Kevlo. K-E-V like Victor. E-L-O-H. Also, Corrupted Comedy. That's Corrupted with a K. Comedy. We are Corrupted Comedy California, Corrupted Comedy Texas, Corrupted Comedy Shy, and eventually you will be in Corrupted Comedy Iowa and Corrupted Comedy Minnesota. This is happening. Uh, my next show I have coming, well, I have shows I'm lining up out here in Los Angeles, but I have a big show in Chicagoland at Base Camp in Lyle, inside of Four Lakes, next to Naperville in Chicagoland. Uh, that is Friday, March 22nd. That's my birthday show. So if you're in Chicago or in Chicagoland or anywhere near it, come out. My actual birthday is 323, but we're having a killer show on 322. And then look out for some stuff we have popping up 
here in Los Angeles and where else? Oh, and in Texas, we have uh, Corrupted Comedy Texas at uh, Bar 2909. Check my links in my bio, uh, which starts February 1st. It's a weekly show and ticket links are in there and that's in Fort Worth and James Garibay runs that. Hell yeah. Did I do it? I think you did the thing. I feel like an ad salesman or something. It's fine. It's part of the hustle. Yeah. And if you have a Jeep, I'd love to ride in it. And be inside you. And be inside you. Until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. (laughs)